0: Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, who just launched their fourth-generation performance package and their Shears 2.0 nail grooming kit. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code LaserTime. Kevin Smith does horror, Kenneth Branagh does Hitchcock, and Chucky is done with Child's Play this week on 302010.
1: in 2010 on
0: 30, 20, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine. Taking you on a rip-roaring journey through the decades uh, 1991, 2001, and 2011. What do I mean by that? We're going to explore a single week in TV, movie, music, video game, and more pop culture releases in the week of August 27th through September 2nd across three decades. So sit back. You're, I'm going to ask you to remember what you were doing three decades ago, and if you're too young, please don't mention it. No one wants to hear that. Uh, I'm, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me?
2: I'm Diana Goodman, and I had something clever to say, and instead, I'm just going to go with R.I.P. Charlie Watts.
0: Oh man, that was sudden. I mean, by, by sudden, like that dude looked lost for fifty, like the last twenty years on stage.
2: Dude, I swear to God, if I found out it's COVID, I will make it my mission to personally punch Boris Johnson in the face.
0: Ooh, okay, okay. I will
2: start the bail fund now, and it might take me twenty years. Actually, you know what? I just want to punch him in the face. Anyway, I know we we know?
0: lost a wrestler today from COVID, um, from Class of Newcom Duke Class, Class of Nukem High. Is that a movie? Uh, a trauma movie? Yeah, trauma movie. Uh, the second, yeah, one, whatever. And that.
2: Sonny Chiba. And COVID oh, got really Sonny Chiba. I saw that. Yeah, a man who used to punch bulls for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God. he karate fought bulls.
0: Maybe that. That should emphasize the seriousness of this disease. Whereas I, I, I have tested negative for the third time, but I'm recording this episode stuffier than ever. So I don't know what to tell anyone because I can't stop being sick in the middle of the summer for some reason.
3: It's also me, Sarah, it's, and it's It's her birthday, a birthday! Boop, 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 boop.
0: Uh, recording What's on her a birthday. Virgo
3: season. Get your pencil sharpened. Organize your closets. <laughs> what, what? Virgo season.
0: I was about to. Is there any way to like build new closets in your house, like sort of off your house, like like recessed windows? I can just be, like Ooh. a little make a new tick sack hanging out of my house. That's a new closet.
3: <laughs> a tick sack. Yeah. Well, also today we get to talk about my favorite Virgo besides me. So okay.
0: Oh, Oh, and uh, so for me, this show I feel like is going to be about being wrong. There, uh, <gasps> hmm. there are. How is
3: that different from? Stop it. <laughs> Stop Are it. other shows?
0: Most of the things I took, I made a point to rewatch. I'm like, I was wrong about that. I feel differently than my initial response. And I'm also terrified. Things I watched initially, like, I don't know what everybody else in the world is thinking because this was stupid. But um... You know
3: what? Isn't that the crux of this show? I guess. Mm -hmm. Finding out that you were wrong either one way or the other about the things that you remember?
0: Yeah, I'm saying that with I'm coming to the show with no confidence. I'm going to be wrong and yelled at by you and probably the commenters, our listeners, (laughs) uh, after this is all over. But it's, it's what we have to do um it's it's our duty in life Thirty twenty ten. so let's begin in 1991 august 27th through september 2nd Woo, i don't know how you're gonna beat a week when the super nintendo comes out like last week uzbekistan declares
2: independence it's just one after another yep. every week we have a soviet block breaking off man i think hmm.
0: they're the seventh and they'll just keep on coming
2: yep yeah
0: and i don't know and no i don't know where it is I, it's on a map. I'm an American. We didn't do that in school for some reason. It's like um, when
3: you drop your kid's Lego Death Star, all these pieces just come flying off.
0: <laughs> it, you know, I, I, it, what is your relationship with Lego, Sarah?
3: Well... It was a long and storied relationship of constantly gathering my stepson's Legos and trying to sort them and put them in an appropriate place. And then eventually we found someone who was willing to buy them all in one lump sum. I remember Sam
0: (laughs) Sam describing that as like, I don't know why she's doing it, but she's really good at it. And I can't tell if she hates or loves this stuff. So for your birthday, which we just celebrated. Um, I got you something else, but I was going to get you that Seinfeld Lego set. Ooh. And then I was reminded of that situation with the Legos. Like, maybe she doesn't want to deal with any more of these. Yeah. And it was going to be hard. Right move. I was going to need yeah. our friend Nathan. And we were, we might have had to go to Atlanta and experience a, a Lego VIP club to get that in time for your birthday.
3: Um, oh, shit, that sounds <laughs> even better than actually getting the Legos. Exactly. You could have just gone to Atlanta.
0: <laughs> uh in the middle of a pandemic um anyway
2: yeah i just realized somehow we i had it like a whole article fucking written for it and i didn't i fucked it up but august 19th through the 22nd in 1991 was the end of the soviet union period uh that's the point where because everything's like opening up and we're gonna have elections and stuff and a bunch of soviet hardliners basically kidnap gorbachev and are like fuck this shit we're not we're not doing that Mm. no And like the tanks, people start protesting. The tanks roll into Moscow. And Boris Yeltsin, who's like one of the first guys who's been sort of elected as a reformer guy, he's like out there protesting, like, no, fuck this shit. We're not going back. And the one thing that every protester wants to have happen, this is like the only time it happened where the army switched sides. And they're like, fuck you. We're not, we're not going to (laughs) fire. We're going to, we're going to join them. That's the dream. Oof, they're right uh, and reading about the uh, the house arrest gorbachev was under is pretty hilarious where it's like everyone holding him just sort of walks away quietly they wow. just like they just sort of bounce like oh wait oh i left my keys in my other coat i'm i'll be right back i'm totally still uh holding you hostage i guess okay Goodbye. Okay, he yeah, it just, no, he, no one guards him anymore.
0: He just wakes up like Natalie Portman in V for Vendetta after getting your head shaved. He just yeah, just
2: everyone's gone. <laughs> like, uh, oh, Okay, guys. So, Cuterous. yeah, we have th- 30 years of it being pretty freaking official that, okay, no, so Soviet Union is dead. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they was... tried. <laughs> they tried to stop it, and they failed. And now that's why we've got the rest of the breakaways. Now Belarus, I think last week, in Uzbekistan now, just everyone's done. They're like, nah, fuck it. We're done with you guys.
0: Yeah, I always see things. It all seems like a lot of work, and for what?
2: I like, did so much research on this, and then somehow I missed it entirely. So 30 mm. years and a week or two. So yeah, oops.
0: I mean, I, I know we mentioned it here and there. It's just again, I was way too young. I remember my parents sort of like glued to the television, like it's the fucking moon landing every day. Yeah, as yeah, this I, thing that was supposed my to for fifty years is finally happening. Thirty years. I
2: remember, I remember my parents thinking like, oh, we're going back to the Cold War. Of mm-hmm. thinking they they arrested Gorbachev, they're going to put him against a wall, and we're going right back to the bad old days. Like all this hopefulness mm. that like everything's going to work out now. No. They're going to come rolling in with those tanks and run over everybody. And we're all, instead, it was like, nah, nah. The people were like, no, nah, we don't want to. Yeah. We don't want to. Yeah, totally did not fuck up that transition at all and turn it into a kleptocracy that's now run by an Iron Man. Anyway.
0: And if, you, <laughs> if you've taken the red pill and you're on my Reddit group, you know for a fact that all this Uzbekistan Soviet Union news is just to overshadow the release of Beastmaster 2. <laughs> uh, through the portal of time, because they don't want it to succeed. They don't want you uh, to know yeah. how good this movie is. Uh-uh. Um, the Beastmaster. To me. <laughs> this is the first one I saw. Again, a bad starting point for Beastmaster. This, uh, the second one. This time. is the one
2: where he comes to modern LA. Yes. God, I hate when they do that. It's, it's so cheap.
0: You know you're out of ideas or making yeah. a Smurfs movie,
2: or just out of money. Out because of money. <laughs> that way you don't have to build <laughs> sets.
0: So yes, uh, Beastmaster and one of his beasts a tiger come and deal with an LA police detective who is also James a- Avery Uncle Phil and Shredder. Um, he is in the film and I it's the, the, like the only movie I've ever seen James Avery in. So it it's oh, I had it on tape and I watched it more than I don't know anything else about the Beastmaster except for some reason he has done <laughs> Local Shakespeare in the Park with my sister yes. and her boyfriend several times, and I hear he is not a pleasant person. <laughs> um, in my hometown, I don't know. I don't know how they landed the Beastmaster. They didn't get Kevin McDonald this year because he's making oh. new kids in the home, and that was exciting. Uh, so
2: thanks yeah. thanks to House Sparks instead, for jumping in. Instead, it's like Mark Marin where they got Kevin McDonald, the director of Last King of Scotland and oh, didn't no. realize <laughs> which one it was until he showed up.
1: Uh,
3: he just retold that story recently. That was so oh, fun. It's so funny.
0: Oh my god. Oh my god, that's great. And uh, also out this week movie wise. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo Herbert Lawn, Paul Bartle, Alex Rocco and Robbie Coltrane The Pope Must Die In the tradition of the great religious epics Ben-Hur The Ten Commandments And nine and a half weeks comes The Pope Must Die They've elected him by mistake
4: you the wrong guy They don't say that And now he's shaping
0: up the Vatican <laughs> Luke
1: and John Work that bat
0: until it's gone
4: To take on the mob Kill him the Pope must
0: die. That was disgusting. it R. St- wow. I cannot believe I somehow missed out on King Ralph starring Hagrid. It ha! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's
2: pretty much it. You know, it's actually a little less King Ralph and more Dave.
0: Okay. <gasps> I
2: was expecting oh. King Ralph. Mm-hmm. But so this became a huge controversial thing because Catholic groups around the world, how could you call a movie The Pope Must Die? Right. What are you saying? You... Bastards. And so it was changed in the US to the Pope Must Diet.
0: And even, even those TV spots, like, there's a huge port, a significant portion of the movie about him trying to lose weight. So it, like, it doesn't even, it's not even an offensive name change. Like, it still works.
2: Yeah. And I mean, they messed with the font, where it's like the T is a totally different font. I mean, they're telling you the movie is called the Pope Must Die. Really, they should be offended by what's actually in the movie, because it paints the Catholic Church as an incredibly corrupt business. No. are happy to kill people. They're just there to make money. They don't give a shit about anyone. They close the orphanage and give the kids the finger. Alex Rocco is so much fun. Yeah. Because he's Mo Green, goddammit, and... He's got
0: Mo Green. He's the commissioner and the DA in Freebie and the Bean. That's what I was just watching him in. I love Alex Rocco. Oh, jeez.
2: I mean, it's a joke that doesn't hold up now because we all have cell phones, but in '91, having a cell phone was a hell of a thing. And he's got this like cross shaped cell phone. And uh, (laughs) yeah, and like everyone's trying to, you know, they basically killed the last pope because he was in, he found out about their corruption. Robbie Coltrane gets, because of a spelling error, becomes pope. And he's, you know, just a guy in his own business and there's all this like goofy ass corruption and it was like actually kind of charming just because yeah it's it has more of a dave vibe than a king ralph vibe and i'd like are there how many robbie coltrane vehicles are there
0: yeah not many i mean
2: yeah come on yeah and he's hagrid everyone loves him it's free on youtube because nobody cares wow that's, that's nobody tragic. cares and it's short it's like 88 minutes or something it goes by real fast and i was like I'm so pleasantly surprised by this. What the fuck? Why weren't the Catholic groups so offended by what they were actually saying about the Catholic Church and not just the title? <sighs> well that would involve doing a modicum of research.
0: And- oh, the Catholic Church. Uh, we don't we you can't trust their you can't trust their rage. It's mm. a lot of it is just to like uh, promote themselves on television. There's, like, there's several several people whose names I used to know just because they were the outraged Catholics. Man, this is such a strange week for movies. Okay, so the next it one. It surely
2: is. It really is. So yeah, Pope Must Die slash Pope Must Die is like a mild recommend just because was like I really expected it to suck ass. <laughs> I was like, oh, it was okay. It was cute. It got off some real brutal zingers on the Catholics, though. And not for the thing that we usually make fun of the Catholic Church for.
0: Not even mm-hmm. that. Not even the... <laughs>
2: Not even not the, not the, arguably I don't, I don't the worst why... thing. You're talking about silly hats. Yeah, silly hats. <laughs> silly hats. <laughs> I don't even know why it was R. Too. This is uh, preferably uh, PG-13. Oh, I think there is some titties. That's why.
0: Titties. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. Robbie Coltrane. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not an authority to say this is the worst uh, movie of the week, mm-hmm. but I am an authority th- to say that this is the worst. This is my least favorite Child's Play movie. Uh, Child's Play 3, and it kind of abandons the entire name after this. This is the last movie that contains the word Child's Play until hmm. the remake, which doesn't take place in the same universe as the other seven films and television show that's coming. But Does uh the
3: transition to
2: Chucky-based names after yes, this? Yes, yeah, okay, it, it okay. leads to the
0: longest gap in, I think, Child's Play history, or yeah, Chucky history. Going from the
2: shortest gap, it was nine months yep. ago. We talked about Child's Play 2, and then it's like eight years, I think, until the next one. Yes. Huh. They just... They, they, Yeah, they ran the well dry And they needed to give it time
0: And this is just the, the, the big premise here Maybe the TV spot will explain it Or Perry Reeves, or Justin, Justin Whalen, Or Brad Dourif in this TV spot
4: End of summer blues Got you down ah! Well you're in luck Cause here comes the Chuck No, you're dead, we killed you Wrong again Whip. Chucky's back And this time, he's looking for a new recruit. Just think, Chucky's going to be a bro. Tyler!
0: Yeah. Child's Play 3. Chucky's going to be a bro because he was going to steal the body of a young black kid. So a a lot of regrettable things in this film. Most of it setting it in a military academy. And I, I love watching that TV spot like that's all the last 10 minutes of the movie because it's really boring <laughs> and set in the military academy through the rest of it. And they don't show you that. And, and including a scene that is like so cheap, it borders on like, I don't know, like a breach of contract between <laughs> it's Like it takes place in a military academy and because they can't use Chucky that much or only using him for certain scenes. He like walks in the armory and like. Puts real bullets in the guns and replaces the fake grenades with real grenades, and then huh. there's just these children battling on a battlefield, shooting one. He's not doing; he didn't do anything. He shows up and just laughs, laughs at them doing this to themselves. Uh, that is sort of the finale of the film. I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, is, it is the worst child's play. I am. Uh, I can uh, hear the disdain. It all sure. gets it all. It's weird because like I love 2, but it's sort of like every horror movie. And and not all the franchises do this kind of need to transition out of an era. And this is Chucky Mm -hmm. actually winding down the 80s, 90s horror era. And then by the time we get to Bride of Chucky, it is meta and weird and glam new medley. It is like it finds out what it keeps changing every 10 years or so. And I think that's good because like even some Mm -hmm. horror franchises I revere more never really were able to break out of the. Eras they were created in. Looking at you Friday the 13th. And mm-hmm. and, and to an extent, Freddie. But yeah, that, that movie is out. And uh which I don't know whether I could call it the worst movie of the week, because I have a question for you people. The number one movie, at The Box Office, is is this movie terrible or no. or fantastic?
2: Fantastic. Fantastic.
0: Okay, I'm leaning I told you, it's a week of being wrong.
2: Okay.
0: I'm leaning towards it is terrible I have I have I have not laughed as loud on any viewing of any movie we've ever done except for this movie Robin Williams and that's not why um, <laughs> Derek Jacoby Andy Garcia Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh, Uh and the number the number one movie this week dead again
4: ah! How can they be strangers? It's okay. If they were lovers a lifetime ago. How far back are you?
1: 1948.
4: There's a lot more people who believe in past lives than don't. If he killed her then, will he kill her? He found you again, didn't he? Again. I would never hurt you. This is all
1: far from over dead
0: again rated r oh okay i <laughs> i don't want to shit on it i want to hear what you guys had to say about all it. all right
2: well i can appreciate why people would y- you could have the opinion that this movie is hilarious instead of good because it is really pulpy
0: it is really pulpy yes. and it's it's clearly trying to be something a little older uh something- oh it's
2: it's straight up hitchcock yeah i mean come, we yeah we got a whole bunch of suspicion we got some spellbound yeah but we eh, we got some reincarnation, we got hypnotism, past life regression, we got, uh, yeah, the past repeating itself. We got my dogs barking. Got...
0: <laughs> He's trying to remind you, like, this is, this is like one chapter in Cloud Atlas. Oh
2: <laughs> yeah, my we got... god, Cloud Atlas again? <laughs> again? <laughs> it's your beautician and the beast.
0: <laughs> oh, I can't believe I have yeah. one of those.
2: But we got we got Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson coming to America to make, like, a big... Big American film, you know. Can, can I say Price. I have? I had. I wonder. All he's to... got under his belt is Henry V, and, and they're like. But which he directed. Okay. But,
0: yes. I, I wanted to say, like, I think I really love Kenneth braun I yeah. think he's a fantastic actor, and he mm-hmm. tends to make like a movie every five to ten years. Which, if I don't love it, I at least I respect it. I'm like, well, that is all a Hamlet. Jesus Christ! Uh, yeah. But then you, <laughs> and, and you see him in like conspiracy, and like that's fucking excellent. You are you mm-hmm. rule Kenneth Branagh. You're. You were sort of wasted in Harry Potter, but great, oh, great. Gra- no, I just He's I like that doing character. Doing
3: something interesting. Yeah, directing yeah.
0: Thor and marrying all these pretty British actresses, and putting them in his movies. Such as mm-hmm. the case here, making yep. uh, Emma Thompson look like Kristen Wiig in Wonder Woman eighty four. And- <laughs>
3: <laughs> she does have that glorious triangle haircut yeah. that I, the yes. the lady from uh, Dilbert has. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
0: exactly what it is <laughs> oh, you don't have to tear but it up it's your birthday at it. relax it
2: looks, it looks good yeah so okay so the plot is uh emma thomason is an amnesiac uh who turns up at this place that used to be the fancy mansion of this like fancy couple in the 40s and the lady in the fancy couple was murdered and her husband was put to death for it and then he said he was innocent and now back and she meets up with this detective who's Kenneth Branagh again and uh, they're they both realize, like
0: <laughs> Emma Thompson is the woman from the past Kenneth Branagh is right. the man from the past it's...
2: right and, and like they go see a hypnotist and they or do like past, they? past life regression and True. realize like oh no they're like the reincarnated couple and does that mean like he's destined to murder her again oh no and like but they're falling in love and they're trying to figure out well did he really kill her or what and uh, there's a lot of scissors. People getting stabbed with scissors. Ooh, Just- so many scissors. Uh, so many scissors. Yeah. Yeah. The I mean, scissors.
0: This. The, the scissors were my biggest laugh in the entire film. By the way. Honestly, Holy me shit. too. <laughs> a little bit. I. So- I had food in my mouth, and it shot across the room.
1: <laughs> it was like I
0: cannot believe they did that.
3: I. Yeah. I loved this movie. Of course, this was a Sam fave. So he was like, "Yeah, we definitely need to watch this," and I really loved it. But yes, it is funny yeah <laughs> for sure but that doesn't mean it's bad i mean it borders on camp to me honestly it, yeah. it
0: is total I camp
3: mean, i don't know yeah it, it there's a little bit of humor lacking that i wouldn't yes. put it all the way in camp but it's close it's getting it's there because every, everyone's
0: yeah. trying so hard to maintain their american accents which are like distractingly good yeah like, like, yeah
3: <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh and but oh man when robin williams showed up i i did a little yelp i did not yeah he's realize not credited he was at the gonna top. be in this and he's just such a wonderful little character and a little surprise in the movie yep
2: yeah. i'm just I was like oh no no i bet it is past life you should probably fucking kill her before she kills you and he's yeah. i was like what <laughs> like no seriously Re- that's how reincarnation works <laughs> Is there a name
3: for that kind of character who just like comes in in a couple scenes but delivers some like important exposition or some important, some important thing like, mm. you know, because yeah, was I know you're only about. like two scenes, but it's kind of pivotal to figuring out the mystery, you know, is it you know? because
0: the second I saw that child Sutter and like he did it. And then the, <laughs> it's – I know the whole movie now. Um, there's no reason for this kid to do that well, unless –
3: Maybe you saw it in a past
1: life. No. No. I, I spent the whole
0: time, like, kind of hitting my head, like, we just watched Barton think, like, I wish the Coen brothers did this. Like, to hmm. to make this – I don't know, just something, like, a, a little bit more of a mood piece because, like, I, I was laughing – the whole time. I got tired of laughing at this and shut it off and turned it on for the next day. It was, <laughs> I thought this was so silly. One of the silliest movies I've ever seen. Yeah. On the show. It, it,
2: is silly, but in just such like a big baroque way that I end up just really enjoying. Yes, mm-hmm. these are silly things that everyone's taking really seriously, and <laughs> it's really tense with how serious they're taking it. And I, it took me a very long time to break the habit of handing someone scissors while going, "These are for you." <laughs> now I just think it really hard because so many people just stare at me.
0: It's just it's not only that <laughs> you need to believe in reincarnation to watch this movie. One. The characters need to believe in it too. And to be, they need to believe in it from a character who turns out not to be very trust. <laughs> that guy gave you all the information. I mean, to
3: that- be fair, he starts out not very trustworthy, just like shows up out of nowhere, like, hey, let me hypnotize you. <laughs> and there's like, okay. But I mean, yeah, I think it is funny how like all the characters. Are basically like yes, yes, reincarnation. It's a thing we all
2: believe in. Like yeah, gravity, we all, we like, all, in all believe in this universe. It. Everyone's yeah. like yes, gravity exists and also reincarnation. What yeah, I, not I, just reincarnation, but that the reincarnated people would find each other again.
0: Trying to do the boyhood well, right. Kenneth Branagh in the movie where he talks like this all the time. I'm like, wow, dude, you don't sound anything like yourself. There is a. There's a Bradley Cooper Rocket Raccoon difference between your American accent and real <laughs> voice. I love listening to this.
2: Yeah. Also, can we shout out Scott Frank, the guy who wrote this? This is kind sure. of his, his big breakout. Listen to this filmography. He also wrote Get Shorty, Out of Sight, Minority Report, and Logan.
0: Goddamn! Whoa. All right.
2: Whoa. Yeah. Freaking serious. I like all
0: of those. Love he some is of them. A
2: freaking Fuck. serious guy. And this is sort of his breakout of just like I don't know what he was going for. But it, yeah, it works. Where yeah, it's I like, I don't know what, what a, it was
0: either. It was like Sidney Pollack, the producer, that sort of like allowed all this to go down. Like, relative of unknowns, a relative unknown script, a uh, screenplay writer, and then relative unknowns in America starring and directing. It's very strange.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, it's a lot of fun. And we're, we got horror movies all over the place this week where it's sure like sp- spooky seasons kicking off. And yeah, I think it's just, yeah, it's fun because it is okay. just so. <laughs> You can watch it and laugh at it, or you can watch it and be like, "I wish Scared. I was watching it with somebody
0: else." Because like, I really, it's I rarely get the inclination to text both of you before the show because I'd rather just hash it out on the air. Like, is this really dumb? This seems really dumb. <laughs> and, and then I just started. Didn't I just kept laughing? But I, I wish I was yeah. I, if I was watching it with like my significant other or something. I think I would have had a better time with it. But I wasn't. Mm. And I just couldn't tell. Like, why was this number one? Like, how did people go from wanting to see Terminator Two and Hot Shots to this?
3: Because it was fun. <laughs> Like Again. it has yeah. romance. It has beautiful people doing, you know, fancy things, like oh,
0: beautiful a, locations, all movie. that stuff.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's it's got a murder mystery. I it could use like maybe one more suspect to sure. actually like <laughs> there aren't a lot of suspects. And once you eliminate Andy Garcia as, like, this reporter that yeah. she was flirting with, yeah, you kind of only got the one. And a, they, they dispatch with Campbell Scott pretty fast.
0: I know. Yeah. I was bummed out by that. I was super excited to see him pop up. Yeah. And, and that that made me my first real big laugh. Like, uh, you almost <laughs> got away with it. And, like, yeah?
2: Doom! Doesn't he, like, spin kick Kenneth Branagh? Yeah, it's it's, like, okay, I never thought I'd see that. It
0: is so yeah. silly. It is... Yeah. Fuck! Uh, I thought it was the. It has one of the greatest smoking sequences I've ever oh. seen in my entire life with Garcia smoking with his tracheotomy um, oh, home. Oh God! Something Dennis Leary would only joke about. And uh, I forgot about them. It's so gross. But then I was reading that Kenneth uh, Branagh clearly he's playing a former smoker, but was so bad at smoking on film that he they cut it all out. But he did the movie commentary about ten years later, and he's like. Sad to say I have become a smoker since then. And I am I was <laughs> terrible at smoking on camera.
1: <laughs> like, oh my god, that's I always so feel funny. weird
0: about people who become a smoker. Do that when you're a kid. You're not allowed to become a smoker when you're 30. That's yeah. a, it's so stupid.
3: It's like who's peer pressuring you? Yeah. Uh,
0: it's fucking <laughs> Dave great, man.
2: It's fucking Dave great. on the golf course? Like what the hell? <laughs> my parents
0: don't care at all as long as they do it in the attic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I well, it sounds like we're two to one uh recommending dead again. I recommend I, it for sure.
0: It's still the most fascinating movie of the week for me because it Yeah. I, I had to I I had to do it in two sittings. I had to rewind it and like did that? You know, I had a couple drinks. Did that really happen? And I just rewind it and like, "Oh my god, it did. This movie <laughs> is ridiculous." <laughs> it is it, it, it is camp. This is I I didn't even think of the term camp. Like that would totally mm-hmm. make this movie qualify how I would recommend this movie because otherwise it is terrible. <laughs> it is a terrible <laughs> film. You'll guess the ending from the beginning. Kenneth Branagh, again, a guy I like as a director and uh, an actor. And I don't think gets enough credit. I was just wondering. If, I meant to look up if they, he had, like, communities or, like, his own special fan app where you earn Kenneth Branagh points. <laughs> <laughs> little, brownie, brownie, brownie points. Um, and, uh, fine, we'll move into television. On the 30th of August, it's time to say goodbye. To... Hey, dude.
3: Get along, little doggies.
0: <laughs> and them killer cacti. Uh, it's... It's been five wonderful seasons, yet two years—very confusing Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, that's a very yeah. that's a very TLC <laughs> Pawn Stars definition of seasons. Uh, but it's been five seasons of thirteen episodes, and it started in '89. I, Sarah was on the show. And we talked about the Yes, debut. Yeah,
3: huh? we talked about sure. it recently.
0: Yeah, it was a oddly probably the oldest skewing show Nickelodeon had because it was sort of yeah. focused on teenagers and mm-hmm. not whatever demographic. Pete and Pete appeals to, which is me now and me then. Mm. But uh, I, I always sort of liked Hey Dude. Gone back and watched it, and I hate it. But yeah, uh, I yeah, really liked it. Yeah, I really liked it at the time. I thought it was awesome.
3: I liked watching older teenagers do things.
0: But now I, I thought the location was interesting because where Sarah and I grew up, like deserts, were like we had no access to even like a museum that had a desert. You can't just you can't really <laughs> fake a location like a uh, like they had in Hey Dude. Which I, again, I like reminding people if you're that big a fan and you like uh, good internet content, apparently the entire set, most of the set is still abandoned in Arizona. Um, yeah. You can go see it for yourself, <laughs> dilapidated. Oh, that's where Mr. Ernst threw that horseshoe. Oh, that's where Danny hid from the ghost. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's still there. But Hey Dude closes out with, I believe, I read some hardcore fan synopses. I don't believe they in- knew they were going to have a season finale, but yeah. it is Brad and Ted competing to be senior counselors spoiler they do so it can act as a series finale but probably was a season finale it's over though in better nickelodeon news by better yes. i mean only oh, slightly
3: i watched so much of this show
0: i did I, this we've talked about that before haven't we sarah being kids in florida you're like yeah i'm gonna do this yes I'm, i could
3: i could do this well, I'm okay gonna do so this. yeah uh the next day on the 31st we see the premiere of what, what 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 would you do with Mark Summers? I grabbed the theme song because yeah, once I read this, what, yeah. What, like, what, 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 what
1: would you? What, what would you do? <laughs> what, what, what would you do? <laughs> yeah,
0: I remember this very very well. I'm only uh... so
3: so much. Yeah, I mean, this was. So I think a lot of people watch this and Double Dare, like Family Double Dare, kind of hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And this, I always like this show a lot more because.
1: No
0: running? <laughs> well, part, <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> and also, too, I didn't have like a, I didn't have one of those like goofy dad families, you know, where like the dad would totally be down to do like Family Double Dare. Like my dad was like, I don't know, just not into that kind of I'm kid digging stuff. digging
0: through that so. big nostril, huh?
3: yeah. So this would definitely seem more attainable for me that I could just do this solo on my own, but yeah, apparently the premise, I really can't even remember the premise. I had to actually look it up because yeah, it was, you know, they asked the audience, like, what would you do in this unusual situation? And then they would like the audience voted on what they thought they would do in that situation or what the outcome would be. And then afterwards they were like, the only part that I remember, which was like various stunts, like the, the pie machine, the pie car wash, where you like go through a car wash <laughs> where a bunch of pies go in your face, and yeah, it's just uh, it it seemed like a real grab bag. Like I just I can see like flashes it's, of different games and stuff that I don't it think play but I can't think of anything going. It didn't have a super
0: happened. coherent theme because they did yeah. they did a ton of stuff in studio and out. That's why I remember wanting to do it because like if you were in Universal Studios on the week they're filming this it seemed very likely you and your van's fanny pack will end up on Nickelodeon because they're hitting people up outside the park uh, on, on the street, and on the street is next to the Fantastic World of Hanna-Barbera. And, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> and then they pull you in studio, and you can be pulled out to win prizes or go in the pie machine, go through the pie car wash. And they just had different skits uh, involving real people every time. And it looked, mm-hmm. like, a, it, it looked, like, it looked like Summer Camp the show. Um, yeah. I, I really, I've never liked it as much as Double Dare, only because Double Dare, every time I see pictures of it, I just want to lick the whole set. It's just such so mm. candy coated, <laughs> uh, gooey center loveliness. Mm. Yeah.
3: What mm. would you do is much more of that like gray purple everywhere, yeah. you know, that was like very popular in doctors' waiting rooms in the 90s. I, I liked this one a lot more. It felt like much more of a solo endeavor. I do think it's funny too that there nowadays there's another show called "What Would You Do" that has to deal with like, what yes. would you do if you saw a parent berating their gay son in public?
0: I'd throw him through the pie car wash. <laughs> yes, Six, like,
3: much more serious. What would you do? Issues and nobody's going through the pie car wash.
0: <laughs> I thought it really bizarre they titled the show that like you. I
1: know. Yeah. yeah.
0: You. You had my you had my curiosity, but you do not have my attention. <laughs> uh, on on the first of September, E News debuts uh, debuts hosted by what? Oh, E News debuts. E,
3: yeah, E News debuts. E News debuts, debuts. on e! e Television, the television mm. cable network, hosted um, by
0: Dagny Holtgreen.
3: Yeah, I just not love that this host of E <laughs> E News. Her parents are obviously Ayn Rand fans, didn't name her Dagny.
1: But
3: yeah, yeah, this is, I mean, I think e news is still going on. But I mean, so at this point, we had extra, right? And entertainment tonight. Uh We had entertainment tonight. I don't know if we had extra yet. Okay, so this is probably then the only second completely ce- celebrity entertainment news hour on TV that you're just getting. That you're not getting any like hard, scary things happening in the world. You're just getting. And it would be like you know repeated four who, times a
0: day.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> like uh, what's going on between Burr Reynolds and Lonnie Anderson, or oh, you know fuck whatever. Him. Yeah. Oh,
1: she's going to take. Of course, it that's in my like-
3: head because of Mark Summers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I,
0: I think, yeah, that just celebrated its anniversary. Shit, I think it did. Uh, yeah. Burt Reynolds and Mark Summers politely almost coming to fisticuffs on The Tonight Show. Yeah. And it might be, yeah. That might be next year, but it's like, it is unpleasant. <laughs>
3: we need to talk about at some point because, yeah, there's a
2: lot to unpack there. It
3: is
0: unpleasant. And then news that blew my mind, Aeon Flux spins off from Liquid Television on MTV.
2: Yeah. It doesn't start for a little while, but I feel horrible as the old person here that we did not mark the beginning of liquid television
1: yeah in june good because I'd like to.
2: oh my god i love this show so much liquid it's the greatest. not still a show because it is. it's just well it is it's called going down a youtube rabbit hole no, of animation
0: there's one on cartoon network i'll tell you about it afterwards
2: it's not the same it is
0: it's awesome <laughs> okay <laughs> but liquid television is just this wonderful showcase for like well i don't know maybe diana would know What to call this? uh, The I don't think the first season was all people submitting animation or weird sketches to Liquid Television. They were probably weird pilot pitches. These things sitting around L.A., but but well produced animated programs. Some of these were live action, but just like basically Adult Swim debuts in ten years from for almost to the day, and that's what Liquid Television was.
2: Yeah, weird. A lot of it was the, the Spike and Mike. Festival yeah. animation was was going on then and there was also the Spike and Mike Twisted Festival. So, yeah, it was just like art school weirdos making animation or like weird import stuff that we weren't seeing here. So, Aeon Flux was like weird import stuff that was just like what the fuck is this? Cuz like there's not a lot of anime around. It's hard to get your paws on. And I mean that that That's, series is I... freaking weird and bloody and stuff. But there was also Winter Steel, which was like these weird puppets. There was Stick Figure Theater. Dog was Boy. Awesome.
1: <laughs> Dog, Dog Boy. <laughs> oh,
2: Dog Boy was so freaking strange. And then a little short called Frog Baseball. Yes. In the second season, that came on as part of Inbred Jed's. <laughs> was it like Inbred Jed's Country Hoedown or something? Yeah, is what it's titled. Um, and like Bill Plimpton cartoons, and mm-hmm. crazy shit like I think that. It, but it should Frog be Baseball is where we get Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. And to tell, jets homemade cartoons. I, I
0: feel like even the youngest person listening has heard of Beavis and Butthead on Flux. I feel like you'd think it was weird if I told you those were spinoffs from the exact same show.
2: Yeah. They, and Office Space. Oh God, I yeah. forgot about the uh, the short of the the is guy. With the st- Milton know. shorts come from. But, yeah.
0: Yes. I, I saw them on SNL first, uh, but which is equally weird. <laughs> but they, mm. they they were on SNL eventually. But yeah, Liquid Television was the, just this awesome half hour showcase for multiple independent new artists mostly animated and the aeon flux thing was like i cannot tell you how mind-blowing that was as someone who had seen a little anime i looked a little peter chung is a korean animator and a a unsung co-creator co-designer of the rugrats (laughs) who was kind of Mm -hmm. seriously um i don't think any of aeon flux is uh enough of it is made foreignly to call it anime. I think it's 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 uniquely a western production possibly huh. inked and drawn in Korea. Mm-hmm. But like uh it looks very very strange and is like yeah. kind of the basis for everything you loved about the Matrix. Yes.
2: And- mm-hmm. Oh my god, yes. It, ah, how did I not put that together? Yeah, yeah like- I actually that's kind of the
3: reason I put it in the doc, and I think, yeah, I did get maybe the date wrong a little bit, but I remember that being like a big discussion for people who were really into The Matrix. I mean, I was got kind of into The Matrix through nerd camp, through my philosophy camp, and a lot of the people Mm -hmm. who watched it with me were very, like, always recommending Aeon Flux to watch. The
0: date is is very confusing, because it was a two-minute segment in the first couple of liquid televisions, and eventually MTV just, like, lifted it out and Mm -hmm. called it Aeon Flux, but it, like, we're not on demand like if you're just clicking through the channels you can't tell like what is this is a rerun of aeon flux or a rerun of is this a rerun of liquid television or new aeon flux i can't tell and i couldn't as a a huge fan of the show we didn't know this series was even starting they didn't really advertise it that well you just started seeing it because mtv Mm -hmm. was weird like that
2: yeah so they just start running the all the parts of the the different chapters of aeon flux together and calling it a show and then eventually they start making it Actual new ones. I don't think, but they, it takes them a while because yeah, it's animated.
0: I don't think they make a new show until 1995. They make new shorts, ah. and and I draw a distinction where I like and don't like Anne Flux. Are they talking? Don't like it. And uh, those those, I agree. those early episodes are just absolutely wonderful. And the movie is unbelievably terrible.
1: Oh. It is oh, it's bad. It, it is
0: very 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 bad. Right. Um, hey, again for video games of 1991 august 27th through um september 2nd the biggest game i wanted to talk about because again the super nintendo came out last week we'll have a lot of super nintendo adjacent news stay tuned for the patreon episode oh did i say our patron this week that it was it was uh landed williams patreon.com slash time we got a new episode of 302010. nobody puts classics in the corner and uh 30 20, 10 games but I want to, definitely want to talk to Michael and uh, Matt uh, if they ever saw Starblade in a while. Maybe, maybe even my non-gamey um, lady co-host. Did you see Starblade in a while? It's very, very memorable. A giant yellow machine that you would sit in, but it's basically the first, the first sit-down use of 3D polygon technology you had uh-huh. you had sit down racing games but you know they were kind of pixely and this was like mind blowing but it was also the one of the first games i remember that like only took dollars so uh-huh. i was like completely screwed it i played it once and like failed in 20 seconds and could never afford to do it again but it's from namco and it's based on i think a literal like japanese theme park ride that they turned into an arcade game because it looked well. Pretty mind-blowing. You're hmm. sitting in this seat with speakers next to your head, and you're flying first person through this, at the time, the most detailed polygonal space atmosphere you've ever seen. I'm sure you guys have seen those old Star Wars games that are just vector lines. Yeah. Uh, you
1: you uh, yeah, fill, yeah. fill
0: in all that with your own imagination. This filled it all in for you. And uh, Starblade, I'll never forget, because I'd never seen anything like it before. But I'm uh,
3: picturing like the Jurassic Park ride that you sit in.
0: Yeah, yeah, but like I think... That- um that was like a 2d 3d mixture uh, the okay. original Jurassic park no they still, they ha- they still have been remaking that for years i saw a new one the other day yeah
3: it, and, same they're always in movie theaters i feel like
0: yep and i'm like i'd like to buy one of these why is this more than a new bmw like is this is really yeah. going to make that much money in its lifetime <laughs> like i don't believe it is and uh anyway starblade tell us your thoughts music of 1991 is this where it gets crazy is this what you guys were teasing it gets crazy Hmm. Everything I do, I do it for you by Brian Adams is still number one. But uh, look Crazy. at these new releases for 1991: uh, Leisure, the debut of Blur. Jesus, Woohoo. Um, 91. I thought I figured it was earlier for some reason. I always thought they had 80s roots. Altered States, uh, self-titled debut. Backlash by Bad English. Fear by Toad the Wet Sprocket. One of my favorite bands, named after a Monty Python sketch. Yep. Um, the fire inside by Bob Seger, uh, Lovescape by Neil Diamond. I need a haircut by Biz Marquee, which led to a court case because uh, requiring samples to be cleared.
2: Yeah, he got he got in a court case with Gilbert O'Sullivan over <laughs> uh, over a version of Alone Again. Naturally, that he was saying it's not a cover. I'm sampling, and they're like, "Yeah, but you're still using my material." So it's like the, the, the idea of those two guys in a courtroom. R.I.P. Biz. Seriously, uh, s- <laughs> my goodness. I feel like
0: it'd they, only be an interesting movie if they teamed up to fight Dracula. This, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Pearl Jam's Ten, which is on Rolling, Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums list. I I gotta tell you, like when as a little kid, music was very felt very private. Like I had a radio and like oh MC Hammer's being played. Mom, Dad, I think I like MC Hammer. And my friends come over. Do you like MC Hammer? Me too. This is the first time I I think because of where our ages were every young boy was talking about Pearl Jam, like couldn't stop talking about Pearl Jam cuz they were like, you know, things to explore as opposed to the pop music era of the thing before. Man, what does too legit mean? I don't know, but it's cool. Uh this yeah. was like, oh there's a kid about there's a song about a kid shooting up a school? Like uh yeah, talk I remember talking about this in the back seats of our parents' car where we didn't talk about music that way beforehand. Hmm, uh yeah. Pearl Jam was that era for me.
2: Well, this is I mean, this this is the the story of ninety one, ninety two in music yeah. is grunge, grunge beginning. Mm-hmm. And everything we've had so far in 91 is like so processed and there's keyboards and there's drum machines. Even everything I do, I do for you. is just like overproduced and just sounds like fake instruments. And it's just, everything feels so fake. And, and, and they're like, all love
0: songs. All of them are love songs.
2: Yeah. Mm. And, and mm. just, yeah, we have so many like slow jams and stuff. It's just so dumb and just like how you could say punk is a reaction to prog rock and disco that definitely grunge is a reaction to that everything has just become so fucking phony and so let's get back to basics we got some guitars we got some yelling we got some drums (laughs) we're gonna sing about you know things that we're mad about and (laughs) bad stuff and yeah white male rage (laughs) <laughs> but not in that way. And also feeling sorry for yourself sometimes. There you
0: go. That's that's what I was looking for in music. Didn't know it at the time. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there was it, it just it's I'm not
0: in love like, yet. I didn't I didn't have I, I couldn't gravitate into this song. It's like that sounds like it might be nice someday.
2: Yeah, and mm. people complain that like grunge is just so masturbatory and it's just like, I have nothing to be happy about. I hate living in the suburbs." It's like, "Why are you so unhappy? You're a millionaire." And it's like, "That's not the point, man." Yeah. You know, isn't it, the point, man. It isn't, it's isn't the back point. to rock and roll.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna close out with a live by Pearl Jim. Yeah. It
1: was a
2: tough call because uh to say that I have played this album a couple times. Yeah. yeah. could. you want me to just start singing it for you?
1: I can Her. just sing it from
2: Dark to yeah. I'd also Once like to note... Time, <laughs> I could not love you. Right. Two out of the three of us are wearing clad right now, too, by the way. Wear your Rescue ranger shirt. But I, I think it just kind of took everyone by surprise, though. Yeah. It's like, people would want people want to listen to this? Like, angry rock music all of a sudden? It's like, yeah. Yes, it's different. That's a exactly. part of it. It's yeah, different. It feels very real. It has an authenticity to it. Because
0: mm-hmm. I, I, I tell that story, I think I tell that story too much where like I had a radio and like um, it just changed formats and for a year it was like every night on the radio was Hathaway like that Night of the Roxbury (laughs) song like here it is again and then Michael Bolton's I said I loved you but I lied and that was our new music station and I I was like I don't think I'm going to follow music anymore I don't Mm -hmm. like this I can't continue to listen to this and then this came along I'm like whoa (laughs) whoa this feels much more my speed I like my Mm -hmm. dad's rock music this is rock music for my generation I, I've never I've never anyway it's one of uh, Rolling Stone's 500 greatest albums Pearl Jam's 10 and one of the last albums I can think of that folded out into a poster that most people had on their wall um, <laughs> the, the CD insert I don't know why more albums don't do that creating an, a goddamn advertisement for your album for everyone who buys it um, but we'll close that with a live and we'll be right back
1: not remember anything is fair
0: It is summer, the sun's out in full force, which means you and your friends should be out at the pool or the beach. When you do venture out, hopefully you're not rocking that unsightly body hair or those disgusting post-pandemic
4: toenails. (sighs) Nothing gives a below-the-belt blow to your confidence more than looking like you're wearing a sweater made of body hair at the pool! Gross! Don't worry, my friends. Our friends at Manscaped have you
0: covered, so you can uncover to beat the heat. They just launched their fourth generation performance package and their Shears
4: 2.0 nail grooming kit. The performance package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer will change the way you approach your grooming routine. This fourth generation trimmer features advanced skin-safe technology to reduce grooming nicks and cuts. You don't want any ingrown hairs or snags on your boys before beach season. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 rpm motor, and on-off travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4000k led spotlight on and off this trimmer is also waterproof so you can trim in the shower and not worry about any cleanup on aisle d
0: d is in these nuts
4: (laughs) the performance package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker to chop your worst weeds up top and your nose and ears the weed whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9000 rpm motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system (sighs) (sighs) This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in all the sensitive little nostrils and ears of yours. Aw, little sensitive baby. Mm-hmm,
0: little up uh, Once you're finished mowing the lawn and trimming back those weeds, use the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant
4: and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to keep you on your game in the heat. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. It's also flip-flop season, which means you want your your Feet and toes to look their best, enter the Shears 2.0 nail grooming kit. This luxury four piece nail grooming kit features tempered stainless steel tools and includes slash tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Easy for me to say. So
0: get 20% off and free shipping with the code lasertime at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code lasertime at manscaped.com. tame the summer swamp in your pants with Manscaped your balls will thank you coming to 2001 with blurry by puddle of mud off of their debut come clean if you've been listening to our podcast for a long time no this is not the intro to ace combat 5 it is just the song blurry by puddle of mud
1: a yeah.
2: fred durst I,
0: protege group
2: i just want to point out 10 years later to the week of pearl jams 10 coming out we're wow. already in groups called post grunge yeah. wow which is- Like, clearly, very still grunge and Because this
0: guy, I remember this singer in all of the videos still had his silly, like, pullover hat on. Looked like a white version, white human version of Parappa the Rappa. And he (laughs) wore it in, like, every one of his music videos. It looked very silly. Oh, welcome to 2001, everyone. August 27th uh, to September 2nd. We also have, uh, ooh, a new New Order album, Get Ready. It's out there. First in eight years is out. Vesper Time by Bjork is also out, as is uh, Alien Youth by Skillet, The Anatomy of the Tongue in Cheek by Reliant K, uh, Angelic, am I saying that right, by Tech 9 uh, Anyone for Doomsday by Power Man 5000, very different genre of music moving in, uh, <laughs> Digital Bullet by Bobby Digital aka The RZA, Iowa by Slipknot, I believe all have COVID now, uh, no, More <laughs> no More Drama by Mary J. Blige, and Superhero by Brian McKnight, Fallen by Alicia Keys is still number one right now. How about that?
3: How about that? Is No More Ooh. Drama the album that has the song about hateration in the dancery? Hey,
0: say it again. In the da-
3: I mean, it sounds like it.
0: Ha- hateration?
3: Yeah. I, yep. I like think a, that's actually the title song where she talks about she doesn't want no more hateration like a, a, in this a, dancery.
0: a nation of haters.
3: Hateration.
0: Hateration. Like a... They all go go root for the Florida Gators and drink Haterade. A, a yeah. nation of people like that. That's um,
2: what we're talking about. <laughs> okay. In the dance yes. in It the dance. is. That is from Family Affair off of No More Drama. Yep.
0: Let's move on to the movies of 2001. August 27th through September 2nd. Tortilla Soup is out. I remember only Hector Elizondo being in this.
2: I have like a vague recollection of this being like a Mexican-American family movie. And, but they all love food so much. And it was like, oh, is this like soul food? And it turns out, no, it's a remake of Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. yes okay it felt very
3: familiar to me but i watched it it's on prime and it's wonderful honestly it's just so sweet such a great food movie do not watch it hungry or do watch it hungry (laughs) and then order in some delicious delicious food because yeah i love a good food movie this is right up there like on the top 10 list, probably of best food movies of all time. Lots of Hector Elizondo cooking delicious looking food. And it is so sweet, so uplifting, just real fun, very light. And also, like, I felt very close to it, too, because Hector Elizondo plays a chef who has lost his sense of taste and smell. That's why
0: I remember it. Okay.
3: Yeah. And that is something that we've been dealing with in our household since COVID. So, Hmm. like, what – because Sam's been a major – our chef basically like he's such a good chef and he's uh had some issues with that post-covid so watching this was like a really sweet experience yeah Hmm.
0: uh, ironically but it'll never be more appropriate my fridge is still has a bunch of tortilla soup in it from our covid scare and our most recent covid scare in quarantine get vaccinated everyone just got fda approval so shut up Um, yeah no
2: excuses yeah no more
0: excuses you know what doesn't have fda approval any of that shit in your vape pens. <laughs> <In that>. Bird. <laughs> I'm sure you're fine with that. Uh, Four Loco. I don't know if that needed FDA approval. I'm sure mm-hmm. you're drinking that. The End All Wars with Robert Car- Carlyle, Kiefer Sutherland, and uh, oh God, Kieran McMenamin uh, yeah. is out. McMenamin. McMenamin.
2: Yeah. Uh, to End All Wars, it is, I guess you could watch it in double feature with Bridge on the River Kwai because it's about kind of the same thing about uh, British POWs being forced to work in the jungles by uh the Japanese during World War II and all the reviews were sort of like it's fine mm. the human spirit triumphs they go through adversity you know it, if you're into there aren't enough movies about uh, the Pacific Theater in World War II so this one's fine it's okay yeah you know, like yeah couldn't find a lot else about it. I don't think it came out as much in the US as it did in the UK and which mm. eh, is a bummer.
0: We got Jonathan Tucker, Goran Um, I'm going to assume that's pronounced right in Tilda Swinton, the Deep End. Um,
2: oh yeah, the, this is kind of where everyone starts paying attention to Tilda Swinton. Yeah, I mean, she made a whole bunch of movies before this, you know, all the way back to like Orlando. But it's a thriller. Mm. It's a good. It's actually it's a pretty solid thriller where Tilda Swinton finds out her teenage son is having an affair with this man, this older man, who then turns up dead, and she thinks that. Her son maybe has something to do with it, and so she like covers it up, and then she starts getting blackmailed over it. Mm. Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, it's it's pretty tense, yo. Huh. Yeah, and it's one of those where like every <laughs> all, all the reviews are sort of like, you know, this Tilda Swinton lady, we yeah. should keep an eye on her. Yeah. She, she's got something going on here. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I'm gonna yeah. follow yeah, like this. A good... I'm gonna
0: follow this female Conan O'Brien. See what she's yeah. doing. Yeah.
3: Maybe she'll <laughs> end up playing my favorite uh, depiction of an archangel ever in the history of cinema.
0: Hmm. Well. Or she'll she'll play the uh the ancient one, the greatest Asian character in the history of cinema. Thanks, oh, Marvel. Oh, no. <laughs> and then a movie uh I really have a ton of affection for. P B no. Peter Falk, uh famke Jensen, um, Joe Goose, and I, I think Bud Cord is in there for a hot second. John favreau um and Vince Vaughn in Maid. They're like the literal follow up to Swingers. Spingers. Because they've been in right. a ton of movies together, but this is one. Jean Favreau not only wrote it, like he did *Swingers*, he actually directed it. Um, yeah, I think his
2: directorial debut.
0: Uh, the oh. directorial debut of the man who created *Mandalorian* and and it just it, it shows like I think what a kind of a talent he is because it is Vince Vaughn's movie. He talks the most. I do not yeah. believe all that dialogue was written for him, but it's just sort of like, yeah, I just got my friends together. I had a simple story outline, and we all just. Kind of went with it, and it's a very small movie. It's what I really like about it is like it's really irritating to watch the first time if you haven't seen it.
2: Because Vince Vaughn, these guys are such putzes, and Vince Vaughn
0: will not shut the fuck up in these very dangerous situations. But when Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie, spoiler, they're not dead, it's really fun to watch again how many times they almost get killed because of Vince Vaughn's mouth.
3: Yeah, it's definitely one of those fun movies that's like a night one night long you know yeah. with like many misadventures it's one of those movies that you're like how long is this night lasting <laughs> um but i can't get
0: in the club but fucking screech can you get in the club come on dustin <laughs> give me the club justin come on
3: yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's screech uh, cameo yeah. it's a very cute like little movie i really enjoyed the crap out of it and fucking p
2: diddy p.
1: Diddy.
3: great yeah. in
2: it yeah. it's really good people it, it, it's so weird i think by the end of this year we'll hit monster's ball where i was like what the living fuck why is p diddy such a good actor what? i forgot he was in that because he's he really fantastic he was also
3: really funny in that get him to the greek he was yeah. really funny in that too
0: i think that's his best did
2: he do more acting
0: he's bro? he's i don't think he's act right here but this
2: <laughs> this yeah i mean it's a like i did not want to watch this because i really don't like swingers really don't like swingers and come on just you're so money diana i just i hate they like talk <laughs> they have a whole scene about hey wasn't it cool when that one movie did this one thing and then the next scene they do that thing and i'm supposed to go it's like what they said And it's just, <laughs> like, fuck you it's like epic movie but for indie movies for babies like god that's annoying it's got like one good scene anyway here's a, here's a so, my, oh. I, so i was nervous like oh god is this gonna be more of the same and it's like i think this one might be better mm-hmm. even though we're also at the tail end of like everything's about like hitmen being mm-hmm. wacky or like people running afoul of the mob and it's whack it's like how many times do people run afoul normal people running afoul of the mob but, is but like that, uh, so overdone on and the
0: waterfront this, thing though the failed boxers forcing to be like be bag men for the yeah. mob
2: yeah, and so, because it's it's less derivative, it's it's kind of smaller and tighter, I end up enjoying it possibly more than Swingers, but then I just really don't like Swingers, so.
0: Here, here's an old question that I'll, I'll probably forget to post, and, and hopefully J.R. Rawls will remember. Mm-hmm. Is there <laughs> to do, I love you, J.R. Rawls, do you remember like a DVD that enhanced your viewing of the movie where, like, you watch the whole DVD enough to where like it enhanced watching the behind the scenes on this and like how all oh, these yeah. people are friends and like the out, the Peter Falk outtakes are hysterical.
3: <laughs> oh my God. And, I want to see that so bad.
0: Yeah. And, and you know that everyone's just clearly having a good time and everyone's talking fondly about the movie. They even tell you like, please watch it twice. We understand how hard it is to watch because we really don't know what we're doing as both <laughs> filmmakers and characters in this movie. And it just, it gets more fun as you go. And it's just something that always stuck with me. I always really liked the movie.
3: So wait, did you say that this was John Favreau's directorial debut? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty amazing, honestly. It's yeah. pretty good for a debut like that. I mean, he's he only went up from here, right? I mean, money-wise. Uh, yeah, <laughs> doesn't have any stinkers. Really. Uh, if Iron Man 2 is your stinker, you're doing pretty fucking good. Yep. Word. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. That's
3: pretty That's pretty good.
0: Everything he does as as seems he like something he genuinely cares about and loves. I love Star Wars. So I'm going to make Mandalorian. I love yeah. Marvel Universe. So I'm going to make Iron Man. I love cooking, so I'm going to make the movie Chef and then make a cooking show. And I'll make sure to remind Gwyneth Paltrow what Marvel movie she's been in because she clearly doesn't remember. <laughs> it's the only yeah. time I watched that episode of that. <laughs> does,
3: does John Favreau also have like a side thing where he's very into fighting? This is like not his first movie. He, does, he did play and a UFC fighter has- in that
0: Christmas movie, right? For Christmases?
3: Yes. And yeah. because also- And on Friends. On Friends. That's what I was okay. going to say. His whole storyline yeah. on Friends is that he's training to be like an MMA fighter, UFC or whatever. He certainly has the body um, of a
0: former fighter.
3: <laughs> yeah. Sure. I wonder if, I guess that must be like a side like interest or something of his that he just like incorporates
2: into his own stuff a lot. That's a good point. Next week, we have uh, one of the few good movies about MMA.
0: Oh, Here Comes the Boom? Ooh. Love it. Nope. Uh, and then uh, also out this week- uh, the greatest Shakespeare adaptation ever. <sighs> Julia Stiles, Josh Hartnett, Mackay Pfeiffer in Oh. 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 I still have not seen this. Or no, I have. I uh, Was this was this problematic for some reason?
2: Yes. Uh, this was supposed to come out in 1999, and Columbine. it got held because of Columbine, because mm-hmm. we have teenagers doing violence on each other because it's an adaptation of othello so we know how that's gonna end yeah. real well
0: <laughs> yeah uh more poisoning i'm trying to remember exactly i do love iago in that such a great character but i have not seen this is this any good as an adaptation
2: uh, well i uh, play the trailer we'll talk about it
0: oh that's right i forgot we had a trailer
4: a rising hero oh! this year's most valuable player odin james an intense love maybe we can pretend for a while you know a perfect plot we we're gonna break him up mike told me that him and desi were together last night you never give out no love behind my back now would you what
2: you're the only person i've ever been with
4: where are not i say nothing makai pfeiffer josh hartnett julia styles Oh rated r
2: i feel like this kind of misses sort of the plot of othello <laughs> like the literal plot but like one i'm Admittedly, more modern interpretation of Othello is that because he's the only black guy around, he is treated as a perennial outsider and potential monster. And Mm -hmm. then by the end of it, he leans into that and becomes the monster everyone thinks he is. Mm -hmm. That's an interpretation. And that kind of doesn't hold up when you set something in modern high school basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Not to be weird, but if you're the only black guy on the team in America, (laughs) move schools. I don't trust that school. (laughs) Yeah, but I guess it does do something in that it explains his insane behavior by uh, putting him on drugs. Mm -hmm. He he starts going mad with jealousy because Josh Hartnett as Hugo, yeah that, Mm -hmm. starts, you know, telling him that his girlfriend's cheating on him because. And yeah, so he starts doing drugs and it's like, okay, that explains some of his erratic behavior a little bit better. Instead of just being a regular teenager who's just like, well, fuck you then, we're breaking up because, you know stakes are kind of not the same when you're not married and it's not 400 years ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah no i mean obviously if you need a Shakespeare, loose shakespeare adaptation with julia styles is going to be 10 things i hate about you of all course. day every day of course i had i watched that what last year we talked about it i never saw it as a as a teenager god damn i love that mm-hmm. this was just uh and there's some scenes of bad things being done oh. not not just the mordor's yeah. You want to also talk about Uncomfortable? Hmm. Mm. Yeah, this movie. Our next movie makes me extremely uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And I'm just going to really? say, uh, yeah, because of the behind the scenes stuff. And I will just tell I you right not to now, revisit
0: it on the basis of that.
2: No matter if you're a horror fan and this appeals to you, please steal it. Do yeah. not give this person any money. Um,
0: oh. Yes. Uh, no. Jonathan Breck. Also,
2: Francis Ford Coppola, what are you thinking? Anyway,
0: Jonathan Brack just saying a Lung, lot of things that
2: I'm very curious about. <laughs> Gina,
0: Gina Phillips, number one of the box office this week Jeepers Creepers.
4: Get out to the road and find somebody who can help. What they discovered dare talk to me! was unimaginable.
1: What the hell is that thing?
4: On August 31st. Go, go, go. Something evil is watching, waiting, and hungry for more. You've got something it likes. <laughs> Keepers, creepers.
0: I remember very much liking this original ragtag low budget horror movie, but every week when we do the show, obviously we all kind of have to we can't watch every movie here and you have to pick and choose what you want and because of what Diana is talking about every time I look at Jeepers Creepers I get disgusted and I'm just sort of like fuck you I'm not going to watch this again reevaluate it and praise it
3: Okay, y'all. I was about (laughs) to watch this movie in honor of spooky season that I'm getting very into but I just my life is in tatters right now so I could not like really hunker down into a fun Halloween mode in order to watch this but now you're telling me that was probably a good
0: well in the midst of the me too movement and that documentary that came out about certain male pff, directors grooming young boys. This is the only person who has ever actually had a conviction and continues to work.
2: Yes. Victor Which
0: Salva, is- the director Victor and Salva, writer of this film.
2: The writer-director. We talked about in i believe late 88 or early 89 we talked about the movie clown house that he wrote and directed which mm. is sam rockwell's film debut mm. victor okay. salva was molesting one of his 12 year old stars and he went to jail for a couple of years yep and then Very he guilty. came out and you know made went back powder writing <laughs>
0: made, made powder for some
2: reason. And he getting, he powder and this everyone the powder out. guy okay powder okay guy. gotcha and American Zoetrope, which is Francis Ford Coppola's company, which I believe it also funded Clown House, the movie where the bad thing happened, helped get this made and helped produce Jeepers Creepers. Such Again, written and directed different... by an actual creeper. And it's frustrating because it's an okay horror movie. The first half yeah. in particular is actually pretty damn good. And mm-hmm. it starts yeah. to fall apart towards the end where because it's about this brother and sister are, like, driving along in the middle of nowhere, Florida, and they see this dude, like, hauling bodies, and then he starts, like, chasing them. They they become the hunted Mm -hmm. of this, like... First, you just think it's a dude, and then it turns out, oh, it's, like, this bat monster guy. And it is pretty damn spooky. And it's not that it's badly made, but, yeah. Money. Pedophile. Do not give monies to pedophiles. I don't care if you like their script.
0: Just just how different the world was 20 years ago. Like,
2: you know,
3: but he's...
0: Got such talent! Like, how can you ignore this? Let's
3: keep yeah. this going. What happened mm. to that director? Or is he Made still Je- Jeepers
0: Creepers two and just... three. And what? I made Jeepers Creepers two and three. Oh shit! I mean, yeah, it, it's he's,
2: he's kicking around.
0: It was an undeniably profitable. I, I don't think. I think he would have a very hard time making something. As of the last few years, and he has. Mm. but yeah, but
1: it
3: only took thirty years. Yeah, but it it really cool.
0: didn't um, for a very very long time. So I, I the last thing I want to do is jump in and sing this movie's praises if, if for any reason. Hey, mm. but,
3: just watch the Mister so- Show sketch.
0: Uh, Jeepers Creepers creeper semi star, <laughs> which I I never got it, truly until Diana's recent Oscar time sketch where I had to watch the clip of the basis of that. <laughs> I never I had never seen G- Jesus Christ Super anyway. Yeah.
3: No, Sam did not know what what the basis of it until he started dating and it was Easter time. I was like, time to watch our Easter movie. (laughs) (laughs) "Um, This is Jeepers Creepers. I was like, no, this is Jesus Christ Superstar, friend.
1: (laughs)
0: Jeepers Creepers Semi-Star. God, that rules.
2: Yes, I'll just, uh, I I just, yeah. The idea that he could go back to directing Victor Salva, I just, that he wouldn't, like, you could keep writing and then, like, write with a front, you know, like they did back during the blacklist where you have someone else say it's their script.
0: Yeah. You can over, think you, can, you could do that. You can overcome but... those kind of charges and still work with young people again.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, unbelievable. <sighs> speaking of young it's people.
2: fucked up. Uh,
0: speaking of young people in a good way. Sorry, bad transition. Moving on to television, 2000. Um, August 27th uh, through uh, September 2nd, we conclude the near 40-year run of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Wow. Fred Rogers says goodbye and um, if you haven't seen that Mr. Rogers documentary which I thoroughly recommend Won't you be my neighbor? very 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 good uh, a wonderful portrait of like a clinically nice man just like <laughs> like to a, to a fault a nice person and I have a little clip of him saying goodbye to everyone and he's just like it's I think he starts that it's nice not only growing up with you but but watching children I talk to have children And I love that he name drops like your dancing and your drawings and your computers, like I love it all. And uh, his last television appearance, here's a little bit of it.
4: I'm just so proud of all of you who have grown up with us. And I know how tough it is some days to look with hope and confidence on the months and years ahead. But I would like to tell you what I often told you when you were much younger. I like you just the way you are. And what's more, I'm so grateful to you for helping the children in your life to know that you'll do everything you can to keep them safe and to help them express their feelings in ways that will bring healing in many different neighborhoods. It's such a good feeling to know that we're lifelong friends. Ugh. Everybody <laughs> oh, okay? i crying. Damn
2: it. <laughs> Everybody okay? You got me good. Eh. Yeah, it got, got me. Me too. Oh. I don't know oh. if that's my
0: first time, but Mister Rogers. What's weird is that, like, if I really want to, like, have like a nice drunk cry, I can always watch Mister Rogers stuff, and then mm. I talk to my mom about this, like, man, what a great man, and she's like, funny you should say that. You hated him as a child. <laughs> you you, you, you complain. Edgelord. <laughs> well, it, if you think about what he was doing, like this very. When I watch him now, this like earn this honesty with children like it's okay to be mad sometimes that kind of shit and then mm-hmm. but you're also not a puppet or or a small detective or ladybugs <laughs> dancing which sesame street had to offer how do you compete with that like
3: uh, literally <laughs> that whole message of like it's okay to be mad it's okay mm-hmm. to be sad is like literally <laughs> opening up a little bit here something I'm stu- I'm relearning in therapy like right
1: now. <laughs> mm. So
3: like, you know, that's such an important thing to, to teach to children. And that was, I think his, one of his biggest legacies is like allowing children to own their own feelings. And mm. when a lot of times that's not something that they can do, children are taught that they can do like when they're growing up. So but
0: yep. I, I can't yeah. recommend that documentary enough. If you want more moments, like the ones we're experiencing on Mike. About a a very very uh, like a weirdly alien like nice man, a yeah. man who who worked out every day to guarantee he weighed one hundred and forty three pounds because one four three are the letters in "I love you." And
2: <laughs> yeah, okay, well that fact makes him sound kind of creepy. Hey, whatever, it's, it might have been it's your like, Pedro back It's it's like God saying that He loves him. Yeah, hmm.
0: the very yeah. very sweet man. Yeah, um, nine
2: hundred and twelve episodes starting yes. in nineteen sixty eight.
0: And uh, last I looked, he he still had animated spin-offs. Daniel the Tiger still had some kind of program on PBS somewhere. Um, Keep <laughs> it on the land of make-believe. Mr. Rogers. Uh, <laughs> yep. oh, who else is going to take me on factory tours?
2: Oh, uh, to see the crayons. I want to the see crayons how the crayons. Made. Get made. Show
0: me how bubblegum gets made. Um,
2: yeah. And to not just feed the fish, but say he's feeding the fish so that the blind kids know the fish are getting fed. Oh, my God. Uh. Oh,
0: that... That's uh oh, never mind. You gotta see that that movie, like uh
2: Yeah. It's really good.
0: Oh The Nightmare Room is also a show <laughs> <laughs> we should hard pivot to. <laughs> wow.
2: Um, one one era ends, huh? Uh, <laughs>
0: Another thing ends. This is why Mr. Rogers quit. The Nightmare Room. Yeah. Uh-huh. I will not share a block of entertainment with violence, like Nightmare Room, a children's <laughs> horror anthology series based on R. L. Stein's book. Ooh, I like a book.
3: Yeah. Um, this was a. I had never heard of this, and we I didn't have this, WB. Yeah, it was. It aired on Kids WB. It was uh, a children's book series by R.L. Stein. Uh, kind of a spinoff, I think, of Goosebumps. And yeah, listen to the people who. Uh, some of the actors who were in this series, you got Amanda Bynes, Frankie Muniz, Justin Burfield, Drake Bell, Brenda Song, Lindsay Felton, Trisha? Shia LaBeouf, Kaylee Cuoco, Dylan and Cole Sprouse, also David Naughton. Robert England, Freddy Krueger, uh, Betsy right. Randall, Tippy Hedron, David Carradine, and Angus Scrim. Whoa! All these people were in these episodes. And yeah, I pulled the promo kind of a you know it's an anthology series but the promo sounds exactly how you think it will
1: (laughs) (laughs) it is the place
4: where hidden fears slip through the shadows when the unimaginable becomes reality this fall kids wb will unlock the door to your nightmares with chilling dreams and fractured fantasies guaranteed to give you goosebumps they want you this is your invitation to the nightmare room
0: Kids WB. Oh, I gotta know more. I hope these, these episodes have scarier-than-normal take. If there's anything notable about Nightmare Room, I want to know. Because I'm, about, yeah, we're about to start spooky
3: season. I yeah, I had not heard of this before, and I checked with you. Yeah, you didn't, you had not heard of it, and I really want our listeners to come out of the woodwork. If you've heard of this, if you watch this, if you have love in your heart for this, please let us know because it sounds pretty awesome.
0: Oh well, I, yeah, I didn't have WB, and I was also very much an adult, so there was there was no way I was going to be watching this. <laughs> I mean, hmm. brother, what?
3: watch a lot of cartoons. No, I do. Adult, I do. So I
0: do, but I was we were having a little discussion about that if if none of this makes sense when I became an adult uh, and like I didn't pay for cable, if a cartoon came out like I kind of didn't know about it. Whereas now a cartoon comes out and they like first couple episodes free on YouTube. You'll see it promoted places, but like it just disappeared. Kids Entertainment in 2001 there was really no way to access it. I remember Invader Zim is like the first time I remember that happening. That like two years later, like a cartoon that was so undeniably cool for adults, we had to steal it. But you can't <laughs> steal something if you don't know it exists, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and that's that's true. That's
0: where I was with a. Uh, Yeah, younger entertainment. Now a show debuts, like, there's tons of it on YouTube. You'll know it's out there. Well,
1: let's
3: talk about some real adult cartoons. Yeah,
0: speaking of, like, this is a huge, huge deal for me. The most expensive streaming service I pay for is almost solely because of the very thing that premieres on this date. We have talked about the premiere of Space Ghost, I believe, a long time ago. And it takes a very, very long time for that to gel into one of the biggest genre, juggernauts of late night cable entertainment. This is the entire promo. Of the first debut and i just love everything about it
4: coming up next it's adult swim followed by superman on cartoon network parents strongly caution the following programs are intended for mature audiences over the age of 18. these programs may contain some material that many parents would not find suitable for children and may include intense violence sexual situations coarse language and suggestive dialogue all kids
0: out of the pool for Adult Swim. All kids out. So all the, the, Those old Adult Swim promos. I was in heaven, Sarah, as an adult mm. cartoon fan. It's not just South Park. Beavis and Butthead is over. But it, it, we're living in a world of like The Simpsons and South Park. And then Family Guy and Futurama are great and canceled. And yep. a little block <laughs> called Adult Swim debuts. And like, we're going to rerun... Family Guy and Futurama and create a whole new block of entertainment. And it, it does yeah. take a
2: really long time. Yeah. And just like you were saying, this was this channel I didn't get and was like buying bootlegs off of eBay Yep. because, yeah, because I remembered, you know, Space Ghost Goes to Coast from, you know, back in the day with shorts mm-hmm. and I wanted to see, you know, a whole half hour, like, oh my God, yes. And there's a show that's starring Brack. Fuck yeah. yeah. And home movies I've heard is good. It got canceled by UPN. Yes. C Lab 2021 and Harvey Birdman. That's so, that's basically your opening block right there. It's
0: like a bunch of weird pilots and a lot of Space Ghost and um, I think we talked about the adult the uh, Aquatine Hunger Force pilot debuted a while back and then yeah. they, they go back and retool it. Yeah. also it's all very strange and takes a long time, but it does kind of redefine what late night cable is. I remember like almost immediately. Well, one I remember being at like college parties. And i'm I'm a little older than some of these college kids, and like they love Family Guy, and it's gone. So they're like mm. devouring these DVDs, and there's this one channel playing them at night. Its ratings start to beat the Tonight show. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> these reruns of Family Guy and then Adult Swim almost, I, I want to say immediately, but I think it was like a year, like we're gonna make Family Guy again. And it's difficult to remember a world without Family Guy at this point. They're in like their twenty something this season. but that only happens because of Adult Swim. And mm-hmm. Futurama, Comedy Central says the same thing. We would like to make new episodes of Futurama. These are doing so well in the ratings, and they did, and we got new Futurama again. And it didn't happen for Baby Blues, uh, Mission Hill, <laughs> uh, yeah. and all these other shows. That, but it was it was really awesome. If you're a big you're an, you're an animation fan, becoming an adult, all the, anything that's not The Simpsons doesn't seem to last more than one, one to four seasons. And Adult Swim was devouring all of it. So you could see new home movies. It's like, and then they're making new stuff, uh, uh Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Birdman, like Diana said, Adult Swim. And I want to play that promo because like, it doesn't have a style yet. Whereas like mm. Adult Swim has a style now. Yeah. And it's, that's a Cartoon Network promo, like coming up next, Adult Swim. And then at two Superman, and by Superman, I think they mean like the 1994 or even the Fleischer cartoons. I think they
2: might mean the Fleischer Me
0: cartoons. Me too. Like they're talking about stuff from the 30s. It was just this three-hour block. And Adult Swim grew so big that it's. I think it starts now at like 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock at night instead of 11. Mm-hmm. And then goes, to, if, you've, if you haven't actually watched the transition, it's really fun. Cartoon Network will say goodnight. I'm like, it's time to go to bed, kids. Um, we'll see you tomorrow morning. And then Adult Swim will sign off like an old school channel with a national anthem at 6 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, it's really fun. And the other thing I wanted to say, Diane said there's no, the liquid television exists Mm -hmm. and it's called off the air. It's intentionally supposed to look stupid on your programming guide on cable, Mm. but off the air is actually a liquid television esque show, but kind of cut off and edited together in weird ways. And Mm. you can find almost all of it on YouTube, get stoned, Watch the playlist of Off the Air. It is a wonderful television program. It takes a lot of great clips from music videos, skate videos, sketch comedy, even some weirder stuff like drone promo reels and will artifact it in together in very strange and unique ways. Okay,
2: that does not sound like liquid television. That sounds like something even older, Night Flight. Yeah. Which is what USA used to be before Mm -hmm. they started doing like shitty movies late at night. Night Flight (laughs) was so great. And there is, I think IFC has like a half hour block of old, night flight on sometimes saturday nights and it's just weird because it's all like yeah industrial videos and mm-hmm. then they put like weird music behind it and like strange bits of cartoons and you know interview with rat why not <laughs> okay but yeah that that's a good point though that uh, i was looking up okay what are the dates we're talking because i remember adults when picking up family guy pretty fast but mm-hmm. it's actually 2003
0: oh that starts
2: yeah, okay. Family Guy gets canceled in 2002. It started in 99. Okay. So, like, it had had an okay run. Family Guy, that's respectable. Like, most animated shows that aren't The Simpsons don't it had, make it, just, it to, to 30 seasons. Come on.
0: Its seasons were very confusing. Well, this, just Fox had that huge... Fox when I was much younger or I think around this this year had their Tuesday night animation block they would air mm. Simpsons and King of the Hill but they'd show reruns with Family Guy and the PJs and Futurama so there'd be like this big Tuesday night animation block that like me and my friends couldn't get enough of but if you're reading the ratings is like these shows are really expensive and tanking the network we are trying to give them a second shot at life and it's not doing it's not going very well but I yeah. loved all those shows and still love all those shows and Adult Swim gave them all a home it was very sweet
2: yeah yeah, and just the, the mining the, the Hanna-Barbera back catalog for yeah. comedy purposes and things like Harvey Birdman and C-Lab 2021.
0: Oh, C-Lab was so wonderful. Are just
2: They're so strange and so bizarre, and you're seeing characters doing things that you never expected to see that.
0: Yeah, odd shows in 50, in 10-minute chunks, and I think we, we talked about the debut of C-Lab. It takes place away from Adult Swim, so does Aqua Teen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. there, there are more thorough histories on it, but like I can't. I love Adult Swim so much. It was like my favorite parts of Comedy Central rolled into the in Liquid Television, rolled into this wonderful block that hasn't really changed that much, and that's due to I think Mike Lazo. That's a
2: good point. Yeah, in twenty years, he he just retired.
0: That's that's the worry. Is like the guy who helped create Adult Swim just retired, uh, Mike Lazo. and you can read good good and bad things about the guy. But seems like a, Hmm. a nice dude who allowed creators to kind of do whatever the fuck they wanted and mm. like yeah you do whatever you want you get one season people don't like it you don't get another one but <laughs> if they do i'll look like a genius
1: <laughs>
2: yeah that's true it's like well tom goes to the mayor looks like pretty dumb but mm-hmm. but then you can get uh tim and eric great job <laughs> excellent yeah. show, great, great job out of it and then people really like that's that, happened so. a couple
0: of times they'll cancel a show it didn't do very well but you'll why don't we give you a why don't you make a new show and see yeah. if that works and like we'll just just is very un-TV. Like, yeah, we like you, so make something else. <laughs> Maybe that'll do better. Mm. Um, Why swim,
3: the hell everyone.
0: not? And, um, books of 2001.
3: Oh, we no have, word. We mm. have two big books, actually, that just came out on the 1st of September. We're talking The Corrections by uh, Jonathan Franzen and Atonement by Ian McEwen. Both Ooh. of these books are considered like two of the greatest books of the last hundred years, certainly. Yeah. The Corrections is about basically a multi-generational family kind of it's, it's set in modern day and it kind of, well, modern day in 2001. And of course, uh, and it kind of goes through uh, the trials and tribulations of this like upper middle-class Midwestern family and their, their adult children of these two aging parents and and their relationships. And it was a huge buzzy book when it came out. Uh, It won the national book award. Jonathan Franzen is one of those, I would say one of the last big white male authors that were very lauded by the literary community uh, as kind of like our next wunderkind, like, you know, kind of the, like Michael Chabon and a lot of those other right David Eggers, like a lot of those oh. writers that kind of came out in the same era. He's probably my least favorite of the ones that I just named, honestly. <laughs> uh, he, I think that his writing tends to get a little bit up its own, but, but this was a very important book at the time. And this was a book that absolutely rightly so I think was named one of the best books of the past uh 100 years certainly so you know it's it's important to talk about it's important to note uh also Atonement which I think more people know probably as the movie with Keira Keira Knightley Lee. and maybe even Sir Ronan's debut yeah yeah I don't know if it's it might technically not be her debut but it was like that's the of how we knew her yeah exactly that's how we figured out who she was yeah and uh that's also considered in you know, one of the best books written for a very long time. Uh, it was shortlisted for the 2001 Booker Prize for Fiction. Mm-hmm. It's kind of considered metafiction because of all this, the way that it uh, inter weaves the stories together that are going on it was a very important book when it came out it got a lot of buzz and i loved it when i read it it's been a while since i read it i have to say so i don't remember all the details and it's kind of one of the situations where i read the book and then i watched the movie and now the movie kind of overlays like the yeah. details of the book for me which I think happens a lot, but I think I would be remiss if we uh, glossed over and did not talk about these two
2: very important books that were yeah. published. I have to admit, I have not read either. Um, I've thought about reading atonement because I'm really curious to see if, because it, it seems to me like this is a really good adaptation because yeah, like you said, so much of it is like are in the movie, it's like, are we seeing what really happened? Or are we mm-hmm. seeing what's going on in a story that someone is writing? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the two, yeah, it doesn't, it's unclear which is which and does that actually matter mm-hmm. and how you would do that in prose. I'm not sure compared to how you would do that in a movie. So I'm interested to see that.
3: I mean, I love an unreliable narrator mm-hmm. and so, you know, both in film and in uh, prose. And so, yeah, I think that would be, it's a great book to read. Certainly it's just, it's very fun. Yeah. It takes you away. It sweeps you off your feet, basically, in a way. So, and it, it the the movie was praised. I remember at the time as being a very good adaptation. So yeah. many times we see those go wrong, but this was mm-hmm. one of the ones that did a really good job with that.
2: Yeah, uh, I just freaking loved the movie. Yeah. So, and usually so the book is better. So maybe it'll be my favorite book of all time. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. uh, just looking up to see. So, Oprah picked the Corrections for her book club, mm-hmm. and Jonathan Franzen said he didn't want to be in Oprah's book club because she picked schmaltzy books. Universal jack-off motion yeah, from me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if-
3: that's kind of like the, oh, I'm, not, I'm too good to be commercial because I write important literary yeah. fiction. Like, mm-hmm. give me a break, bro. Like, um, bitch, do you want people to
2: read your book or not?
3: Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of why I acknowledge his talent and I acknowledge mm-hmm. that the corrections is very important. I think that The Corrections is probably the pinnacle of his career. After that, he also wrote Freedom and Purity. Both, I think, are eh, diminishing after that. Um, And, yeah, I fucking hate that attitude. uh, You're too good
2: for Oprah? Not my book, brother. Mm. Sounds like you're too good for America.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm a writer who doesn't want readers or money. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Man, a writer who only writes for himself is someone I will not read.
3: Tell that what? to Chris Bohalian, who wrote *Midwives*, one of the best Oprah's book club. You listen up, time. Bohalian.
0: What it, uh, am I yelling at that guy? Or no, he's great. I okay. like Chris Bohalian. <laughs>
3: we like him.
0: Bohalian. Um, wow, real hard pivot in the video games. Um, from that, <laughs> well, just we jump from Adult Swim to literature, <laughs> and then we're into, getting some
1: whiplash. It's a yeah. follow-up all to right.
0: PopCap's *Bejeweled*. Um, <laughs> *Alchemy* <laughs> is out this week. A Mario Kart game for the GBA, *Mario Kart Super Circuit*, which is only. Because of the system it was released and how old it is, one of the worst Mario Karts ever and one of the best series ever. It's like calling Bugs Life the worst Pixar movie. Like, you're an idiot. You don't know what bad things are. Those It's are, <laughs> a great movie. It's just the worst of the greatness. The final Dave Mira Freestyle BMX game with Dave Mira Freestyle BMX 2 oh. before the company abandons Dave Mira and, like, we're just going to go full naughty with bmx triple x so you can play with strippers kill people in this bmx games it'll have nudity and sex and it is a colossal like it's a milestone people in games continue to talk about how what a stupid idea that was and it's why you want to listen to patreon.com slash laser times thirty twenty ten games with uh mr diana goodman and maddie uh, maddie allen michael raparis has played this game more than anyone else i know solely to make fun of it and mock its existence so it's this will be worth listening to to hear him talk about his experience Doing wheelies as a naked lady, um, made made of triangles in BMX.
3: I mean, you had me doing wheelies as a naked lady, but then when you added as triangles, (laughs)
0: made of triangles. I mean,
3: I'm really into it.
0: (laughs) It's those it's those eye pokingly sharp titties you see in like this era of gaming. It's so so silly. (laughs)
1: Love it.
0: Not in a fun, Madonna way. ESPN final round golf, uh, two thousand two is out, and I don't know why I saved that for last because you should have stuck around for that. But um, <laughs> we'll take us out with a uh, uh, we'll take ourselves out with "No More Drama" by Mary J.
3: Blige.
2: Or I should say, do we want to do "Family Affair" because of the hateration issue?
3: I think the hateration issue. Is something? I mean, look, we already had Mr. Rogers talking about how much you know we should reject hateration. True. Mm. I think we need to have Mary J. Blige bring it home.
0: We okay. are a part of a new hateration. Uh, <laughs> so we will close out with that, but stay right there. There's a lot of fun stuff to talk about in 2011, including me being maybe wrong, huh? Stay right there. <laughs>
2: We got the key. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of August 27th through September 2nd, we have three... Film noir classics. Oh my god, I can't believe these are all in the same week. This is crazy. Two of them in this, the same week in the same year. Starting in 1946, 75 years ago, this week saw the release of The Killers, directed by Robert Siodmak, uh, starring Burt Lancaster, Ava Gardner, Edmund O'Brien, based on a story by Ernest Hemingway. Hemingway said it's one of the only adaptations of his stuff that he liked. And it's about uh, these two assassins or, you know, hired guns who have to kill this guy, and he seems okay with it. And they're, like, sort of weirded out by that, and so they sort of backtrack to find out why they were hired to kill this guy. And, yeah, it's just very dark, very tense, kind of grimy-looking movie. Awful lot of fun. It was also, for funsies, remade with John Cassavetes and... Why am I blanking? Lee Marvin. And... I think it's Ronald Reagan's last movie, so if you want to watch him punch a woman, oh, it's kind of funny to watch Reagan looking like you're used to him looking as like a politician, smacking Angie Dickinson around and then getting shot. Uh, anyway, the, the original killer is like actually a good movie. The, the remake's not bad. But also in 1946, damn, one of the best noirs that no one understands what the hell is going on and it doesn't matter is The Big Sleep. Uh, directed by howard hawks screenplay by william faulkner hey remember how we were talking about martin fake starring humphrey bogart and lauren mccall just setting the screen on fire my god you can tell they were fucking in real life anyway it's a philip marlowe detective story that by the time you get the end of it like you feel like it makes sense like you're pretty sure you know who did it but even like the director and the writers are sort of like yeah i don't i don't know Raymond Chandler, you never quite know where he's going with that, but it is, like, so stylish and so moody and so sexy that you just don't fucking care. You don't care who did it. You just want it to keep going. So, yeah, Big Sleep from 1946, and then a more modern noir, turning 40 from 1981, 1981 keeps being the year that gives on given, William Hurt and Kathleen Turner in her film debut in Body Heat, directed by and written by Lawrence Kasdan, which... Do not wash with your parents. It is so aggressively erotic. And there are things in it that are like, I'm not sure, like, do you have to sign a special waiver or something to, like, do that on screen? Like, oh, that's extremely naughty. Uh, yeah, really, really good modern noir. Just, you know, femme fatale, the idiot who falls for her. Now they want to get rid of her husband. Oh, everyone's getting double-crossed. Also, Ted dancing to make Rourke are there? Sure, why not? Absolutely love this movie. When I was younger, somehow I like didn't get it. Even though I liked film noirs, I-, I got distracted by the sex or something. And then I rewatched it a couple years ago, and my jaw was just on the floor the whole time. Of like, oh my god! I'm kind of amazed they're getting away with this. This is so damn good. So yeah, Body Heat from 1981, plus Big Sleep and The Killers from 46, and that's it for this week. Stay classic.
0: Coming in at 2011 with "Last Friday Night" TGIF by Katy Perry. It's number one. This is the first time I remember knowing about Katy Perry. Even though, I'm, really, I mean, she wasn't she a country star before that?
3: Mm, Christian yeah. music, but she's been a while. She's yeah, been around for a while at this point. We've- we passed "Firework." We passed yeah. past "California Girls." Oh, then I'm, yeah.
0: I'm an idiot. Sorry. Yes, the, yeah. I just can't believe how old I've gotten. Then. That my my mistake.
3: This is though a huge earworm song. Yeah. Like I wake up with this song in my head a lot. That is happening there. Oof. Yeah,
0: every time I get my hair cut, not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, most of my Friday nights are start out with good intentions that are filled with regret as an adult. So I, I don't have that kid like, oh, I can't wait for Friday night. I mean, I do. But, you know, life sucks now and Friday night doesn't mean anything anymore. I'm, yeah, you know. <laughs>
2: that's the big problem is all the days just run together.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh
3: man. I don't know. I, I feel differently. Like, i I start out my Friday mornings like we're gonna I'm we're gonna go out, we're gonna paint the town red and then by the end like five thirty I'm like, I am in my soft clothes and we are <laughs> staying in tonight and ordering a pizza. Like I love Friday nights because Nobody should do anything on a Friday night. Everyone should just, like, chill out from the week, decompress. When was the last mm-hmm. time
0: I took too many shots, Miss Perry? I don't remember. Mm. I don't remember.
3: Oh, well, I can tell you. It was Saturday night when I took one shot.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is the last time I took too many shots.
0: <laughs> shot of anything. I can't even imagine that. So
3: celebrating my birthday, I did one shot of Fireball. Regretted oh. it for two days. Oh,
0: <laughs> that seems like it would open up my sinuses. Also, out this week is The Carter Four by Lil Wayne. There's your oh. uh, New Jack City references. Uh, once again, The Riptide by Beirut, uh, Lenses Alien by Symbols Eat Guitars, and The Night the Sun Came Up by Dev. And I'm, I'm, I've been promised that that is a singer or band. Welcome to 2011, everyone. Oh boy, does it get exciting from here on out. Seven Days in Utopia, uh, starring Robert Duvall, Lucas Black, and Melissa Leo, is out in terms of movies.
2: We got uh, two with Melissa Leo just in 2011. Seven Days in Utopia is Christian Golf, Doc Hollywood. Christian Golf, Golf
0: Doc Hollywood.
2: Doc Doc Hollywood, Hollywood. yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Like Lucas Black is a golfer, and then something happens, he ends up in this town, stuck there while they work on his car, and he learns lessons from Robert Duvall, and all the reviews were like, this fucking sucks, Uh, and all (laughs) these actors are so much better than this, and they like give okay performances in something that's garbage, and that's how you can tell they're great actors. Mm. And
0: we also yeah. have a good old fashioned orgy starring uh, Will Forte, Lucy Punch, Martin Starr, Lindsay Sloan, uh, Angela Sarafian, uh, <laughs> Tyler Labine, Nick Kroll, Michelle Borth. <laughs> Um, my child
2: is also named (laughs) Borth.
0: like bell leslie bibb jason sudeikis a good old-fashioned orgy
2: i Mm. wanted to watch this i did not get around to it i was curious sarah did you because so i actually watched half of it and that's
3: as much as i could get through honestly
2: because i i was really curious because the reviews were pretty rough but it also sounded kind of like the big chill but with an orgy
3: Ooh, so, I was curious it wishes, how you
2: felt.
3: <laughs> it wishes it was the Big
2: Chill. And I love the Big Chill.
3: Like, shamefully, I am a fan of the Big Chill. But yeah, this, uh, I thought this was going to be uh, a fun. Mumblecore with a lot of our like favorite yeah. comedy people, kind yeah. of a fun little cross between, let's say, Drinking Buddies and Wet Hot American Summer. And that mm. is not it. This is actually basically like American Pie, but with like all of our favorite people, or American, American Pie 2, I guess, but yeah. with actually good comedy people. But it's actually the script is terrible. Yeah, a real huge disappointment, honestly, for me. And I was thinking actually while I was watching this, I wish we had some sort of like sound drop or something where we want to like, when something comes up on the show and we're like, Don't watch this. Watch this other thing instead Mm. Mm. because this is where I tell you that if you want to watch something that is the same vibe as a good old-fashioned orgy but as actually better, may I recommend the Bravo reality television program Summer House. It is Uh. the same thing. It's a reality television program, though not a competition, just a bunch of hot himbos and bimbos fucking and fighting in a, (laughs)
1: like,
3: summer house – Outside of New York, where do they go? Cape Cod, where do they go in New York? Mm. Martha's Vineyard, that, sure. that area. Fire Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The story is basically Jason Sudeikis' dad, played by Don Johnson, owns this like beautiful summer house in the Cape or wherever those rich people go from New York. And so Jason Sudeikis is a ne'er-do-well you know, fail son who just hangs out there and, you know, has parties and da da da. And then the dad decides that he wants to sell it. And so there are a series of parties over the course of the summer that Jason Stake is hosts. And at the end it's supposed to culminate in an orgy with him and all of his high school friends. Uh, and hmm. I didn't even I didn't get as far as the orgy because it wasn't <laughs> funny or compelling enough to get me to that place where I oh. want to actually watch an orgy with all these beautiful people. Like, if your movie is so bad that it makes me not want to watch an orgy that would involve Lake Bell, you know <laughs> that that is a bad <laughs> movie because Lake Bell is Chef's Kiss. Honestly, like, I, I
0: feel the exact
3: hilarious and gorgeous. I like, feel the exact
0: same about Will Forte. So you're gonna put it right <laughs> yeah. there. And Mm -hmm. yes. And move it like that. Yes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. I would say this is a thumbs down for me. But if you want the same vibe but way better, definitely watch any season or all seasons of Summer House by Bravo. Summer House. Hmm.
0: This is confusing. This is not a They Might Be Giants album. It's a Warren Christie Lloyd-Owen starring movie, Apollo 18.
2: Yep. Uh, We got found footage on the moon. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah no. i mean all the reviews um, again i didn't get to this one all the reviews were like yeah we've been here with found footage but i like the conceit because there was no actual apollo 18 that we know of (gasps) and it turns out like it was a secret mission and they go up there and they go to a part of the moon where it turns out like oh shit there's like monsters and shit there they're Mm -hmm. like hiding in the rocks and then they 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 killed the people and they get chased around the little lunar module because like, it's the seventies and (laughs) yeah. And someone
3: drops the digital camera and it hides under a rock and then they find it. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Sure. Yeah. That it's like, it was the secret mission. They couldn't tell you about, which is like, okay, that's kind of fun.
1: Yeah.
2: Like, I like that idea. And the, you know, the, the rocks, like they kind of infect you. And then it's like, well, should we let, we can't let them back on earth because they'll just, it'll infect people. And so there's there's stuff to mine there and unfortunately all the reviews were just like dude no and that makes me sad because i like that idea also in the dude mm. no category <laughs> <laughs> more spooky season time shark knight 3d yeah. this week <sighs> why are we here why so are we I doing this donald uh, i like I, donald o man and he's like the sheriff of this town that you know big package horny teens come to the lake and then oh my god i thought you were gonna say big pack of horny sharks and I was, I was and like, they get a back in <laughs> big pack of horny sharks yeah this lake that should not have sharks in it has like every kind of shark and they're eating all the teenagers why why is don Logue
0: here <laughs> he's
2: he's the sheriff and i think it turns out that he's in on this i'll just spoil the whole movie because I, I do you have to come up with an excuse for why there would be sharks here and their their explanation is like Donald Logue, the sheriff, and a bunch of yokels brought all these crazy-ass sharks in there so they could film teenagers getting eaten and, like, make viral videos because they like Shark Week so much. Hell yeah. I I kind of like that, honestly. That's pretty good. Like, you could do something kind of fun with that, but... No, it's just teenagers getting eaten.
0: (sighs) I don't think people actually like watching people get hurt by sharks. I thought I was reading that when the jackass guys went to Shark Week, that's the first actual attack that's ever occurred on Shark Week. Like... With, with something they're filming personally, mm. you try and prevent those things. Typically, when you're yeah. filming with really? sharks.
1: And I don't like
3: anything that villainizes sharks either. They have a yeah. Back. We did do a
0: big, big shark show, and we did not mention this movie. I'm guessing for a reason. Yeah, uh, yeah,
3: we
2: did do a big shark show, and it was one of my favorite shows ever. I
0: yeah,
1: love, I love, I love sharks. sharks,
2: and I like. I mean, they have a variety of sharks in here. They have the cookie cutter sharks, which are kind of my favorite. Those are cool. I love yeah. a hammerhead because they look they like got aliens. Them. Yeah, mm-hmm. they got them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, nah, no. Nah.
0: And then a uh, movie I did uh, watch, a movie I loved when it came out: Steven Root, John Goodman, Kyle Gallner, Melissa Leo, Carrie Bisch, uh Michael, <laughs> and Garano. I'm say- and oh, R.I.P. Michael Parks, um, no longer with us. In Kevin Smith's Red State,
4: I hate the wickedness of America: rampant fornication, adultery, abortion, flagrant sexuality. There were. Hey. Fucking bitch, let me the fuck out of here! And it's up to the righteous to curb the spread of his disease. You I might take it. chill right will now, now.
0: This, this movie, I loved when I saw it because of the swerve I didn't see coming. And then well, watching it a second and third time, I'm just like, why does this even exist? This well,
3: is- so I also, though, want to bring up, because I saw it for the first time this weekend yeah. and so oh, in 2011 some of these names wouldn't mean anything but now it yeah. also is nicholas braun who's in secession
0: the secession kid with a mullet is how he was meant yes. to be portrayed
3: anna gun is also <laughs> yeah. in it Two breaking
0: badger uh, yeah. from Breaking bad is in it as well
3: yeah <laughs> matt jones yep yeah definitely uh and also um
0: steven root I just want McKenzie, to say his name again. Um
3: the lady from Halt and Catch Fire. I believe she's in it, too. Uh, no?
0: Hmm. But a, a really bizarre experiment from Kevin Smith. I think the behind the scenes, well, not behind the scenes, the front of the scenes was more fascinating. We don't, we don't yet live in a streaming culture. And Kevin Smith, I think, went to Sundance, where people typically show up to watch and bid on movies. And in front of a bunch of billionaire distributors, walked out after the movie, which... Reporting is very weird on, but the reports are like, response wasn't great. And he's like, I'm just kidding. I'm bidding on my movie. And he put, he put up $20 in the air and bought the distribution rights to his own film. And because of that, you see a lot of negative press involved because the press is there to cover a movie being reviewed and bought and Kevin Smith kind of shit all over that. And then invited a bunch of important people in the room kind of to burn a bunch of bridges. Like, I don't care about your distribution model anymore. I'm going to try doing this myself. And I want to say he was right because even in COVID, this is how he distributed Jay and Silent Bob reboot town to town. Him and Jason Muse went from town to town, did a Q and a had like a big expensive movie showing made themselves their Q and a part of the movie experience. Pretty neat. I've never been involved in anything like that on purpose.
2: That's pretty neat, but did it break even?
0: It It's difficult to say. <laughs> I don't
2: think it He, I think did. it did.
0: I think it did. He said he, he, but again, it's all according to Kevin Smith and his like, and again, the prices he'll tell you on a podcast, 80. but yeah. like, it didn't cost that much. It cost $4 million and I've seen it two and a half times. So like, I, I think I paid at least one of those. So I, I'm, I'm <laughs> assuming it's made its money, but it yeah. it, yeah, making a horror movie. I remember him detailing completely. Like he showed it to the Weinsteins and they're like, sorry, man, we're going to cut ties. And at the time, uh. At the time, we're all like, oh, Kevin Smith isn't (laughs) going to get to work with the Weinsteins anymore. Also at the time, uh, the Westboro Baptist Church, upon which this is based, remember when they were the horrifying, delusional face of the right?
2: Um, yeah. <laughs> so quaint <it's> a, <laughs> good times yeah. when it's just one family yeah. being annoying and annoying
0: not not like causing any damage not accusing tom hanks of being a pedophile and sending him death threats not trying to mm. blow up the Capitol or
3: <laughs> yeah all the prescient this movie but <sighs> yeah i watched it for for the first time this weekend and i had a very interesting experience with yeah. it because sam and i put it on we both had not seen it I think we watched the first fifteen or twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and I we paused it because I had to. I think go to the bathroom or take the dog out or whatever. And as we paused, I said to Sam, "Yeah, I don't think I'm going to finish this one. It's a little much for me." And then, like when I got back from the break, I had thought about it enough. It really got in there enough where I was like,
2: "No, actually, I want to see how this ends up." It's so one of the few
0: movies I've ever seen. Forty minutes in, it switches genres.
2: It's yeah and. Yeah, it changes genres kind of a couple times, all yeah. sort of in a horror vein. I mean, the idea is, yeah, there's this you know Westboro Baptist Church type people, people who are you know picketing the death of a, a gay kid who was you know killed in a hate crime. Not unlike Life
0: O'Brien, Brian, have to make an in movie like <laughs> desertion. Like, yeah, it's a lot like Fred Phelps, but it's not them. Um, right. They have to say that <laughs> in the movie to not get clearly not to get sued. Yeah,
2: but they're you know mm-hmm. a. a Basically, a family that is a church that is like super, super ridiculous. Protest right-wing.
0: soldiers' funerals to let everyone know how God does not enjoy gay people. He made supernovas yeah. and otters, but two dudes kissing, God doesn't uh-uh. care for it.
2: Nope. And uh, meanwhile, like some kids uh, hook up with some lady online who says that you know she wants to do all three of them, and then idiotically they go see, it. and it turns out it's flirty fishing. It's uh, you know members of this church lure horny dudes out to their ranch. Drug them and murder them horribly, but you know, can they escape from the crazy church of crazies? And, and then it takes a turn. <laughs> Forty know?
0: minutes in, you find out no, they—it's a different Maybe movie not. now, and you are not fo- like John Goodman is introduced and becomes the new star of the movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And overall, I, I liked it. I did like the kind of the two different kinds of movies that it was. You know, one is sort of a standoff. It, ter- it does turn into a kind of a Ruby Ridge type situation. Mm-hmm. thought that was pretty interesting. I, and Michael Parks, I, as you know, the crazy preacher is wonderful. I want
0: more of Michael Parks. I
2: feel like mm-hmm. he gets way too much time to just Preachify it up! Thank you. There was too much at the top there with all. Yep. Why is this like? Going I think it, was, it was, so We can so summarize this pretty quickly. I think it was we Kevin Smith it thinking he was. As an audience. I
0: think Smith thinking he used a little Tarantino with his dialogue and like, no, nah, uh, you can't 100%. have you can't have a guy talk for fifteen straight minutes. I, you need to no. take another pass at this. This yeah. feels
3: so very I, like he I, I, really wants to Tarantino this very hard, and he feels, I admire
0: yeah. Kevin Smith and I admire this movie's for a lot of reasons. But then seeing it now, and it's like, what the fuck was this about? And what were you mm. even trying to say? Like, yes, like because it seems like exactly. the most the most you have to say that second half of the movie is about a Waco style disaster perpetrated intentionally by the government right. and John Goodman and his team. Are they unwilling to pull this off? Not most of his team? like I don't understand what we're what are we doing?
3: What are we doing mm-hmm. here? Yeah, I mean that I came away from this movie, not hating it, but feeling like I think there's like a nugget of something interesting here, but it is oh, exe- yeah. it's executed so poorly. it's it's like,
0: like Kevin Smith, I think is I follow him on social media. I don't think I've heard the dude say anything political in the last six years, and he, this is a hugely political film. Despite you think you're going in the watch Hostel, with uh, so, <laughs> certainly it's, felt it's, Roper, it's, but it's, it's
3: so surface political. Yeah. Though. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, these, like, you know, churches that hate gay people so much, they're real bad. Okay, yes. And the then government's they make it just ultra as bad. bad. And then the
2: government is also just as bad. Like, yes, but also, no. What? That, that doesn't make sense. That, that's kind of my feeling of, like, What is your point that you're making? Yeah, when you're basically, you know, letting this guy speechify on and on and on about how everything bad is the gazes' fault or whatever, and it's like, yeah, I've heard it, I've seen it,
0: enough, please.
2: I've lived in Orange County, like I get it. (laughs) I
0: (laughs) I interviewed Shirley Phelps Roper for a video game website. It was not as funny as I thought it was going to be.
2: I grew up in the deep south. (laughs)
1: Like,
2: yeah, we we know about that. Like, say something about that. How did he get to this point? What is the logical I guess yeah. What is the logical progression from thinking that? And it seems like oh, the logical progression is murder. And then what?
0: And then did you see well, the did you uh, see the thought... Waco Koresh uh, docu series that came out a year or two ago?
2: No, yeah. I heard that that's the one where David Koresh has wicked awesome abs. Oh,
0: he's fucking sweet too. That that, okay. that dude, my the goodness. John Carter kid. Oh my god! But that that at least has a point to make. Where like these people are bad. But the government needlessly fired first and got a shitload of people killed. Yeah. Where whereas they're only referencing the Waco situation here, they're, we, we right. don't have another situation they could be referencing. Well, well Ruby Ridge. Yeah. When was Ruby Ridge?
2: Before Waco.
0: Okay, that's why I don't remember. <laughs> but, but the, yeah,
2: the nugget
3: of something interesting here is the idea of one of these, you know, hateful religious cults basically that are both fulfilling what they think is you know what they should be doing by killing people that they consider are fornicators and sinners and then also producing their own publicity by then protesting their funerals that's an interesting concept and idea of the the publicity how that goes into making a cult even stronger bigger blah 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 then but Mm -hmm. then yes then you get into the government stuff that is like takes it in a whole different direction that doesn't make much it's sense very... and then there's also within that like a mini story about this young woman who's like in it but she's not really yeah. in it and she wants to get mm-hmm. out of it but like she doesn't know how to or or what's going on but she doesn't really believe yeah, why it did she, how,
0: how does this like, young indoctrinated person care all of a sudden more about babies and this cause you've hit her over the head with including murdering people in front of her every night I think that girl's pretty yeah. far sold Yeah, I'd be more interested to see why she would dissent at all and we don't mm-hmm. get to see any of that and it, it, it's such a confusing film. Like, I, I just wish. Should this be a miniseries? Should this have no. been like Grindhouse, where no, like two directors no, no. took two halves of it?
3: It should have mm. been a movie that a different director directed.
0: That's what I'm saying. What if the first right. half was Tarantino and the second half was Robert Rodriguez? So, you <laughs> seriously, so you get a talky, spooky, tonal thing, and then you get a giant action movie. Like, a, not, not like Grindhouse. What's the other one? From Dust Till Dawn. Mm. From Dust Till mm-hmm. Dawn. Because that's what yeah. it feels like, but it's very short. And so like Mm -hmm. all these things you find you want to be served and all these points you think the movie is about to make and maybe would have been made by a director who's special. I'm not saying Kevin Smith isn't competent enough to do that. I just don't know.
3: I think he proved that he's not (laughs) by doing this movie.
0: I I went and Googled around for a bunch of shit he said about this movie and he has way more shit to say about, I'm making Indie Film 2.0. This is a new distribution model. I'm like, I don't care about that 10 years later. Like what... What was the impetus behind any of this? And like, is are there deleted scenes that fill any of this in that have this make sense? And then you have this burn after yeah. reading wedding where two cops and like, so it all ended then, and that's how it happened, <laughs> and this is how it's right. gonna keep going. So, so all these characters we've been following, we get no resolution with.
3: And maybe that's the point, man. I don't no, know. No, no, this is not competently made enough for there to be a point like that. Like, it, I'm sorry, we already. I'm sorry. Last week I talked about my views on Kevin Smith. I don't think he's a bad guy, and I enjoy it when he just talks and tells stories about things. but mm-hmm. I as a filmmaker, I thought, I thought this show that he
0: had, he had grown he could he could probably branch out more if you wanted to, judging by how competent some of the scenes in this are.
2: Mm-hmm. Some no, of the I action sequences. I think it's very well directed. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's probably some of the best directing he's ever done. All my problems are in the writing. yeah Oh I, I yes,
3: okay, you're right. I'm sorry yeah. I'm I'm conflating the two.
0: And yeah. and yeah I just I would really like to hear more about what what would inspire this movie and what was what point was it trying to make if any because it doesn't reflect anything that was really going on at the time. It is I all I think
3: the point that it's trying to make is isn't it all fucked up man? But but it's it's not
0: I don't find it unrecommendable. <laughs> okay. I don't I at all. I don't I don't find it just because I, I'm like kind of miffed and a little perturbed doesn't mean I wouldn't recommend it. It's still a neat movie, man. Yeah. And not streaming anywhere, so he got to pay for it. So, yeah,
3: I think it's an interesting movie, but I also think that it's.
0: uh, I would like to know. Yeah, yeah, at the end of
3: it, I was like, "What are we doing here?" I
0: think I think this could have been made more interesting by a director's cut, but now you went and offended all your distributors, and you don't get to have a (laughs) fucking special edition DVD. You ready to move on to the, the greatest movie of the week? movie I've never heard of.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tom Wilkinson, H- Karen Hines, am I saying that right? It's mm-hmm. the uh,
3: second time we've had this name.
0: T- th- this week? At least. Yeah. Um, uh, Martin, oh, come on. We, we have not had to say all these names. Jesper Christensen, Jessica Chastain, Sam Worthington, and Helen Mirren. The Debit. The Debt. When World War II ended, no! a
4: secret war began.
1: The surgeon of Birkenau. We show the world
4: what he did. We take him back alive. I'm not animal! No matter what, the truth stays in this room. 40 years later. Afraid of the monster. I knew we would have to pay. Vengeance. Finish it. You insane?
0: Never dies.
1: People have to know the
0: truth. Academy Award winner, Helen Mirren. The Dead. Rated R. Oh, didn't see this. <laughs> Never heard Yeah,
2: it. it's actually did pretty well at the box office, but it's one of those, it just came and went and everyone forgot about it. And mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I enjoyed it. It's based on an Israeli movie. It's directed by John Madden. There he is again. Can he, it's just between the football and the video games and the <laughs> he's directing. He's it all. Yeah. Captain Crowley's mandolin a couple weeks ago. I, I would give it it 110%. Flying, always taking a bus everywhere because he's afraid to fly. True. Amazing. True. Yep. It's about... Uh, like this Israeli Mossad team after World War Two that like wants to take in this you know Nazi war criminal, and uh, you know they have to track him and abduct him, and then there's you know like this whole holding him hostage so they can you know taken for trial and that kind of goes wrong and so it's told like present day or 90s I think it's supposed to be and flashback so it's Jessica Chastain and the flashback and Helen Mirren uh, in the current day and there's like a big cover-up like oh shit we let that guy go and we just told everyone uh yeah we killed him we don't want to admit we fucked up and then like in present day they're trying to hunt him down again and like really get him this time so yeah very munich Still has Kieran Hines in it. That guy just, they love making him old Mossad agents, man. I don't, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I mean, if you're looking for kind of like a less dour Munich or what well, was, there was just the Eichmann movie a couple of years ago. They did, you know, another, the Capturing Eichmann movie with um some oh, guys. Yes, with Nick Kroll. Yeah, Nick Kroll. Is yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. not unreal. Good. I uh, saw Operation movie. Somebody. I like that. Which, uh, that wasn't. As good, yeah. But Dad was like, yeah. As as a cat and mouse spy kind of thriller, like mm-hmm. it's pretty dang good. Like definitely watchable. Not great, not wonderful, but like kind of, like a light recommend for me. Just like you don't really see a lot of these movies anymore. When we do see spy type things, they're very action heavy. You know, they're like Bourne movies. Mm-hmm. And and this is very like Argoy. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it's kind of like, more like that. The Dad movie. A it is a dad movie. A little bit slicker than what I was expecting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it is a dad movie, but, you know, with the woman lead, which you don't see much in dad movies. So, All right. yeah. I don't know. The, I debt. Like the Debt. The Debt.
0: Go see Red State. I don't know. I don't know what to recommend. Yeah. To it's very it's crazy. Um, yeah. I mean,
2: I, I would recommend in the history of film a couple thousand movies before I'd recommend The Debt. But <laughs> since it's what we're talking about. Sorry. Yeah, it's pretty good, and I'm I'm always a fan of killing Nazis. So
0: killing We got to move into TV real fast. 2011. Die. Who was fighting on Deadliest Warrior?
2: i have in the terrible <laughs> versus Hernan Cortez, and for once, I agree. Cortez wins. Cortez was one of the worst bastards of all time. So, mm. yeah, I believe he would totally win, especially if he has smallpox on his side.
0: Was he the MTV Sports guy? <laughs> <laughs>
2: And Cortez. Oh, okay. No
0: <laughs> wonder Burger King hired him. All right. Um, then,
2: yeah. Oh, we we only have a couple deadliest warriors left. We're almost there, <laughs> everyone. I'll shut up about this ridiculous show.
0: And then, uh, oh man, Katy oh, Perry man. Uh, sweeping uh, sweeping the nominations of the VMAs of 2011. Well, Video music. I Awards.
1: mean, said. We're leading up a... to. We're,
0: I'm leading up to it, Sarah. Okay, okay. I'm leading up to it. I know what All it right. is because. Listen, I,
3: you're very familiar with this award. There show. is
0: a moment that occurs here that I'd never heard of in a song I've never heard that I cannot see without these visuals. But I'm guessing there's other things that happen here. Uh, Cobra Starship performs. Ugh. Um, uh, I
2: think the most important thing is the women from Jersey Shore and Cloris Leachman prevent <laughs> best female wow. video.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay.
2: Sure. Why not? It sounds like a bad (laughs) libs.
0: Katy Perry wins video of the year for Firework. Uh, Justin Bieber wins male video, You Smile. Female video, Lady Gaga Born This Way. Tyler, the creator, wins uh, for best new artist. Wow, that's okay. I'm I'm down with that. Britney Spears wins best pop video. Who cares? There's a performance here that I've seen 100,000 times that is also (laughs) emblematic of the things that the pandemic have taken away from us. The idea of sitting around with my friends as they drunkenly show me things they like to watch when they're drunk on YouTube, (laughs) which I haven't been able to do in two fucking years. Years, and one of them comes from Sarah. She will hijack any machine in the middle of something. We're like we're like watching the eulogy of a recently dead president, and she, boom, she'll take over the YouTube, <laughs> put on a clip. How would you describe it? Sarah,
3: uh, I would describe this as uh, probably I, the most joyful moment on MTV ever.
0: Because <laughs> I don't I don't so, remember the con, the conditions leading up to this. Unexpected was this all unexpected? So,
3: yes, this is all unexpected. So Beyonce comes out and gives a performance of her song love on top that blows the roof off like uh, she keeps doing those key changes in a way that is unbelievable she's dancing in the most amazing like menswear inspired like sparkly outfit it's gorgeous this
0: is the the she's, only one i you're the only one i need i, I know the lyrics i don't know the name the of the song
3: need, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got my love on top baby that yeah don't know it so good. And then at the very end, she, I mean, after she just like blows it out of the water. She's dancing she
2: everywhere, too. There's a oh, so much
3: She just drops her mic, <laughs> unbuttons her little blazer, and shows off her baby bump that is containing Blue Ivy, her daughter, that nobody knew she was pregnant. It is one of the most joyful performances and like expressions that I've ever seen. This is why I make everyone watch it, especially while we've been drinking because it's so much fun. The (laughs) other reason why I love it too, is because it is such a joyful expression of friendship because in the audience you get to, they, like when she does her reveal, it then immediately cuts to, Jay-Z and Kanye, in the height of their friendship, just like, Kanye's, like, hugging him, like, yeah, man, like, <laughs> you're gonna be a daddy. And then right next to them is fucking Lady Gaga. <laughs> and this was the year where she dressed up like a, a greaser from, like, the Outsiders. Right. Or she <laughs> She's, like, in full male drag, like, with the, the white t-shirt and the, like, pompadour and, like, the little, like, mustache. And she's still in greaser character like punching jay-z in the shoulder like good job bro good job bro (laughs) so much fun like it is look i implore you if you if you are having a bad day if you're having a great day if you just want to change your mood turn it around absolutely google beyonce love on top 2011 MTV Video Music Awards. It is one of my favorite things that's been committed to film. I mean, it's arguably... so much fun. It's so, <laughs> like, musical performance, great. Yeah. Comedy of the moment with Lady Gaga, great. Like,
1: beautiful expression <laughs> of human. Like,
3: I am pregnant and I am here in all my glory. And this is, like, the pinnacle of my Virgo beauty, which this is what I reference. Beyonce uh, is also a Virgo, just like me. I forgot. She's not my favorite Virgo. My favorite Virgo is Marsha P. Johnson, who also hey. has my birthday. Woo. But Beyonce is my second favorite Virgo.
0: She has so. P. and Johnson in her name. I'm, okay. well, I'm trying to add you know. something here. I, I, I think it, this might be arguably the greatest pregnancy reveal of all time. And, and, just, and, and the, the idea that like, yes. like none of the gossip rags got to it first, and right. she's showing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She's and, like five months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's gotten far enough along. She's almost halfway there, man. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it like broke Twitter. There's said you know more than 8,000 tweets a second wow. <laughs> right after that happened. Uh, Beyonce pregnant was like the most searched Google term for a couple days. Wow, i just like, yeah. what? Yeah, that she, she kept it on the DL so well to be like, oh no, I'm doing this my way. And this
3: is 2011, like, we are at the point where like you cannot keep those secrets very right. well anymore. Mm-hmm. So, this is not you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, where, like, people could have whole babies and nobody knew about it. A day of a
0: billion-dollar operation, a huge entourage in social media, I don't know how you keep that fucking quiet. Exactly.
2: You go to the gynecologist once, and already there's going to be things on that's like, oh, I wonder if she's pregnant. But by the time you're five months, you've been to the gynecologist a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also, I don't want to take away from,
3: I mean, she reveals her pregnancy. It's a huge thing. But even if that didn't happen, her performance is phenomenal like yes to do that live do what she did live it's just it's otherworldly honestly like the key changes the energy you know the dancing the everything of it all it's so
0: good (laughs) it's something um uh, we males can never do but if i ever get my appendix taken out this is how i shall reveal it Uh, (laughs) 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 boom hit you with the scar at the very end uh i don't know how we're gonna top that that is a huge moment I know mean, Sarah's been waiting, waiting to talk it's about it. Great. Well, I'm now I'm going to try with, uh, well, John Madden at it again with Madden 12 as we move into video
1: games.
2: <laughs> so busy.
0: <laughs> a game in a World War II movie out the same week. Uh, now, has,
2: now, my next question is, has Mark Marin had either John Madden on his oh, show? Oh, that'd be
0: fucking <laughs> wonderful.
2: And actually got the wrong John Madden and has to, like, oh hit IMDb really fast. Like, oh, so uh, you're into football, huh? Who are you guys?
3: <laughs> Who are you guys? No <laughs> way. LA? Marino. (laughs) Someone
0: who doesn't know anything about football. I feel like we haven't seen John Madden enough time to worry about whether he should be seen in public again. And how long you put that person's name in a video game. And how long you need to pay for that license. It is NFL after all. You're paying for Mm -hmm. both. And the guy's not around to help anymore. But for the...
2: He's 85. It's Please. Madden
0: 12. So he's doing it for the 12th time. I'm just kidding. It's like the 30th Madden. Tropco 4 is out for uh, PC. Body Count, a game I forget, a shooter for the Xbox uh, 360 and PS3. But the game I did preview, Rock of Ages, a game where you play as a rock. And it's kind of like Marvel <laughs> Madness and you roll your rock around. <laughs> I did not hate it. And uh, Wasteland Angel. And that is it. We'll talk way more about the games on Patreon.com slash time. Produced by many other fine people who listen to the show, including Landon Williams. Uh, thank you so much for, to all those people who support us. I've, keep, I've kept us going for six years straight. Don't go away. We have we have some plugs to get out, but we have a quiz to tell you who lived and who died. Die. Where can people find you at?
2: They can find me on the Twitter at listeninerd L E C I N E N E R D or follow the show at thirty twenty ten podcast three zero two zero one zero podcast. And coming up next week, we got. Finally, we got some TV debuts. Ooh. TV's going to pick up again. It's pilot mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. And also, we have a movie from 2011 that is the most timely movie of the last two years.
0: Ooh. All right.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> there's a certain point in March 2020 where all of a sudden it got like, num- it became number four on iTunes. And everyone was like, oh, wow. we should study up. <laughs> we should study up. It turns out it's all Gwyneth Paltrow's fault. Mm, I knew it. Yep. I'm still going to punch Boris Johnson in the face. Oh, also we got more, we got more VMAs. We have the 91 VMAs. We have two, two this time, absolutely iconic appearances. I looked them up. They are both on YouTube and I watched them both like five times already.
0: Uh, I did too, because if you think CM Punk got the biggest pop you've ever seen on live television, you are wrong. There's a very enduring character who got a way bigger amount of applause for a certain reason. That we'll mm-hmm. tell you about next week. Um,
2: yeah, it's a good one.
0: Video game apocalypse this week, I believe, is talking about the uh, we're talking about something related to Super Nintendo games. The Super Nintendo is celebrating its 30th anniversary. Could yeah. not be happier about that. I need to make a post about that myself. Die who who died during this period of 30 2010?
2: Oh man! Well, in 2001, we lost Christian Barnard, who was 78. He performed the first heart transplant. Whoa! Wow! Yeah, not bad. And we also lost Troy Donahue, who was only 65. I know what you want to do. Uh,
0: be on his talk no. show. Who's true? No,
2: that's <laughs> okay. that's a line from a song from Greece.
1: Oh, okay. he was,
2: you know, kind of a teenage heartthrob back in the day. Oh. Anyway, and in 2011, we lost Delta Blues legend Honey Boy Edwards, who was 96. Damn. Wow. Uh, All right.
0: Right, butts to shoulders, 96. All right, did we discuss that? thought we came with that sex position last week. Um, oh <laughs> <laughs> and with uh, those deaths out of the way, uh, we have to bring people back to life. Who was born during this period of 30, 2010, with the b- b-
1: birthdays.
0: Oh, birthday is a doodly-doo, a ding-dong, doodly-dooly, dong do. <gasps>
2: I guess this is a Virgo then. You're late August, new Virgo? Oh yes. Okay. We got a Virgo turning sixty then. Born August twenty eighth, nineteen sixty one in Baston. Her dad was in plastics. He took the advice. And she dreamed of being the next Meryl Street. So she went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and her first T V role was on the Seinfeld episode, The Masseuse. What well, do you mm. feel like we
0: were supposed to get this one time have a look in your well, face. Well,
2: I was hoping maybe because you guys love Seinfeld so much. But let's go through some of the ridiculous movies first we've talked about. There have been a lot Trial and Error, Slappy and the Stinkers, A Night at the Roxbury, Austin Powers, A Spy Who Shagged Me. Molly Shannon? No. Nice. Also, Down to Earth, Pootie Tang, American Pie 2.
0: Jennifer Coolidge.
2: Jennifer Coolidge? It's Jennifer Coolidge. Yes. Yay! Yes. Thank
0: you for applauding my win. That's a very humble of you and your birthday.
2: We got it at the same time but okay yeah I mean, you know, uh, to... also bad lieutenant Call, new orleans i didn't realize she lives in new orleans and a lot of the sofia coppola remake of the beguiled was filmed at her house
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> also
2: <laughs> igor soulman gentleman broncos epic movie click for your consideration broken heart club a romantic comedy american pie one best in show and legally blonde she is also so good in the white lotus i don't know if oh. anyone's watching
3: that on mm. hbo oh she's the best part of that show like bar none
0: and Ooh. um one of the more sillier guest stars than rick and morty this season (laughs) her elbow tits are divine
2: yeah i just finding out like she wanted to be meryl streep just kind of makes me feel bad though it's like oh but your gifts lie elsewhere yes (laughs)
1: like
2: oh i mean was she disappointed when she realized people think she's funny or was she like oh thank god i have something i can work with okay now, now I want no. a
0: Just hot glad hot around real bad. <laughs> so do I. Even though the laser Time community pointed out, apparently every hot dog takes 35 minutes off your life. And every uh, time I'm I order gonna, them, I get gonna,
2: two. I got like a like an hour left then Jesus
0: yeah. Christ <laughs> I love hot dogs
2: I love hot dogs so much
0: I um, I'm not going to give off hot dogs just like I'm not going to give up the show and plugging our Patreon patreon.com slash laser time we have a classic corner show every month a video game show every month bonus show every month over 100 movie commentaries where you can listen to us off. The, more, the recent one with Point Break you can listen to me Matt and um Dave <laughs> The most embarrassed Dave has ever been for me On a single commentary in public um, Yes, the point break commentary Yeah, let's close out with Bay Love on top, right? Yeah. Yeah. Beyonce, uh, love on top I've never heard the album version I've only seen the Sarah version so. <laughs> Where I'm about singing along
3: with it yes. It's really cool
0: <laughs> she's, she's dancing from the waist up <laughs> uh, But happy birthday, Sarah Okay. Um, and uh congratulations Beyonce 10 years ago. I'm sure she's listening and we'll see you guys next week.